This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The Attorney General of the United States making some big news, saying that he will appoint a special counsel to investigate those documents with classified markings that have been found in multiple locations. These are documents from the Obama-Biden administration. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Herr as a special counsel pursuant to Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment. Breaking news out of Hollywood, she was the only child of rock and roll legend Elvis Presley. Lisa Marie Presley dead at age 54. She suffered a medical emergency this morning at her home near Los Angeles. She was being treated for what was believed to be cardiac arrest. Just two days ago, the only child of Elvis Presley was seen on the red carpet at the Golden Globes. Despite growing calls for him to resign, George Santos got key support today from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who says Santos will get a low-level committee assignment. And one local leader is also standing by the freshman congressman. You hear the name George Santos, what comes to mind? Someone who should be removed from Congress. Well, I'm not convinced that that's actually his real name. When you lie, you represent the public no good. I was elected by 142,000 people. Until those same 142,000 people tell me they don't want me, uh, we'll find out in two years. We're caught in a trap I can't walk out Because I love you too much, baby Why can't you see What you're doing to me When you don't believe a word I say You know, I just uh, took a look outside the window. For folks that don't know, we do this number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. Self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. We do this show from these really beautiful plush studios that John and Margot Katz-Matidis built on 3rd Avenue. Right across the street from the legendary steakhouse Smith & Walensky's. I just looked outside the window. It's dark out. It's raining Pretty miserable January morning. Not cold. Temperatures actually in the 50s are due to drop about 15 degrees by tonight. It'll be much colder later tonight and tomorrow. But right now, kind of balmy. But it is gloomy and rainy. I look outside the window right now, and I see some crazy person across the street on, um, well, I guess that's 49th Street on the corner of 3rd Avenue holding up a sign with my face on it. And the sign with my face on it reads, Cancel Culture Club. And I'm saying to myself, well, what kind of maniac is out there all by himself on a rainy Friday morning in New York City, literally picketing outside the studios, And then I took a look at the van, which is parked on the corner right now on 49th Street. 
And the van is at, um, well, there's animals on it, you know. And then uh, I took a closer look just now, and I saw a red jacket and a red beret. <laughs> and it occurred to me. Oh, the clues are coming together for some. Yeah. Oh. That Curtis Sliwa, who's set to join me at 7.05 this morning, and is on with me now twice a week because I want it that way, 7.05 every Monday and 7.05 every Friday, it occurred to me that this psycho, Curtis, is out there right now, as we speak, all by himself, picketing with a picture of me on 49th Street. Now, Phil, you, uh, you're you supposed to go outside and film this, I guess. But Phil right now is involved in other responsibilities, which is cutting up the Donald Trump interview with Mark Levin last night. But do you see Curtis right now walking back and forth like Vinny the Chin on 49th Street with this huge sign, Cancel Culture Club? Who's who's out there to see it? Right now, there's nobody out there. Okay. Just- uh, that doesn't mean that people won't be going out there when the sun comes up. It's dark out. It's early. <laughs> 6.07. Every now and then, I see one person kind of walk by some... Young girl just jogged by. Did they throw in change in a platform? <laughs> yeah. But he's out there. Uh, he said he was going to do this. The reason behind this is because I put him on uh, once a week, you know, Curtis. And uh, I, I put on a lot of the, the hosts that I think are really good on this station, on this show. Frank Morano's on the show and uh, Curtis and that's about it, I guess. And John, of course, John Casamatidis is my favorite. And Rudy. Rudy's going to be on today. In fact, Rudy and Andrew. So then uh, it was going so well with me and Curtis, not because the listeners, I don't care what the listeners think, it doesn't matter to me. It's, um, I thought it was going really well, and I said, you know what, let's do it twice a week. Everybody knows that's all Curtis wants is to be on this show. I mean, he'd love to host this show, honestly. He'd stab me in the back and watch me bleed to death and take the show over the next morning. But uh, all he wants to be is, uh, is on this show. He doesn't care about the 1215 show, the weekend shows. He knows there's one show on this station and only one that is a, a big deal outside of John's show, of course. And so he, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a break. I'll put you on twice. And he was all excited. And then, he, you know, he gets so nasty on his uh, 1215 show. I got guys like Bob Cornicelli texting me saying, I don't know. It doesn't sound like shtick. It sounds like he's, he's just not very nice. And so earlier this week, I decided to pull one of Curtis's appearances, and now he's saying that I'm trying to um, cancel him, which that's fine. Would you, would you categorize it, Lewis, as I'm trying to cancel Curtis? No. No, he's just out of control, and no, I, you know, I just I don't have to deal with that. So no, yeah. I do like I, I I do think we should give him a couple of cigarettes downstairs though while he's. Uh, are, are you something. looking at this? Are you seeing this? I, I, well, from my. Vantage point. I don't have a vantage point. I can't see it. It's on. He's on your side. I'd like to see uh, Chuck Schumer, who works right across the street. In fact, right where Curtis Sliwa is picketing in. me right now. That's exactly where Chuck Schumer enters the building every morning. It'd be great if Chuck got involved. Lewis is going to walk over to the window and take a look at this psycho all by himself on a rainy, dark Friday morning. Right on the corner this way on 49th Street, Lewis. Yeah, it's making some <laughs> making some kind of impact in uh, in in the dark. Nobody can even see him. 
Like why would why wouldn't why wouldn't he wait until at least the sun comes out? Because he got here early and he this is what he has to do. He's, yeah. Well, you know, it, to, to all of our inconveniences. Well, somebody's got to go out there and videotape why? this. Because why? it's hilarious. But that's why. We're busy doing other things. You're not doing anything. Yeah, we are. Stop it. You did do a lot. Of this one thing I will say about you guys is you do a lot more work now for the show than you ever did. I mean, I couldn't get your attention cutting up all Bernie's sound every morning for like an hour and a half. It was annoying. Yeah, but that, that but that was different, you know. And you make a good point. This is like more. Um, this is more collaborative, right? You know, it's that, a, it's that a was show. much more tedious. It was tedious, yeah. And then that was, you know, and then I couldn't get your attention, and then I get angry because when I tried to get your attention, like I got to do Bernie stuff. I'm like, why? Uh, what do you mean? It's a two man show. It's not just Bernie. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. I am coming to you live this morning from the Bernard McGurk studio, but now you guys work very hard in the mornings. But we got to get uh, we got to get this video out there, Curtis. He's out there walking the streets. All right. Well, it's it's the dead of night. That's fine. Can we put it's it's, it's it's the morning. It's it, not dead of night, I, but well, it's fine. I mean, well, I just don't care either about Lisa Marie Presley. You know, listen. Anytime somebody dies, it's sad. Unless, of course, it's Osama bin Laden or Hitler. Anytime somebody dies, it's sad. You know, her mother's alive, Priscilla. I had the hots for her, man. Naked gun with Leslie Nielsen. She looked gorgeous. Gorgeous. So what do you say is if she had died, well, I'd be more upset. Yes. But but I have a personal connection with Priscilla. I've got nothing with Lisa. She was a weirdo. I mean, the one story I remember about Lisa Marie Presley was the marriage to Michael Jackson. That's it. (laughs) She had some band, I guess, that at one point had a modicum of success. No one knows about it. Correct. I mean, she was just Elvis's daughter, but she was weird, man. You know, and. If her name was Jones, she would just be like another exactly. uh, tragedy right. in the Viper room. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because yeah, I'm getting these messages yesterday oh. from people that are like, oh, my God, I'm in shock. Lisa's dead. I'm like, I swear to God, I go, Lisa who? <laughs> Lisa Presley's dead. I'm like, oh, it's sad. I mean, of course, again, anytime an innocent person dies, it's sad. But you couldn't make me care. I mean, I just, I just don't care. I mean, I had to work with guys on the I Miss show that Rob and Larry that like, did Elvis impersonations and bits. I mean, that's, that's got to be over, it's no? It's done. It's, come on. Let's not, not, it's not cool anymore. It's not, I mean, it's not happening anymore. To me, it's almost like the Star Trek thing. I mean, how geeky can you be? You go to, a, like, hey, a, wait, some whoa, whoa, convention whoa, whoa. in Vegas and dress as Elvis. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah, same thing. I hate to tell you. It's the same thing. No, Stop. It's not, it's not. Captain Kirk and Elvis. I mean, it's set, it's set the standard for all this crappy science fiction you see today. Star Trek? Yeah. Well, but, but, El- but Elvis set the standard, too. Well, what do you but think it's all, over. It's just think, over. Okay. Where do you think all these Star Treks came from? I don't Out care. Blue? I just right, don't okay. care. All right. Well, forget about it. I don't it. even like all of Elvis's music. I, I know this is blasphemy. John and Margot are probably yelling at me, but I like Suspicious Mind, so I played that. You know, Jailhouse Rock sucks, and uh, Heartbreak Hotel annoys me, and Lonesome Tonight depresses me. I don't know. I just, I just, I know he's the king and, and, and all that, and he, he was cute, and he can dance, and... I did like the fact that he smacked the establishment right in the face. And I did like the fact that he stood up for African-American people when they needed that. Not now. Now it's gone completely the other way. 
but uh, I didn't think his music was all that great. I just, I just, you know, I don't sit in my car and listen to Elvis Presley. No, not 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 anymore. No. But he did. He's another guy though that set the. Uh, no, he set the set standard. The no question. I mean, again, I mean, I mean because, him and the Beatles. Yeah, well, because that caused to create a controversy when he was on television. Oh, it was huge. They had to move cameras around. Right. And they were screaming at right. what? What do you? You can't film him below his waist. Right. Well, look at what he's doing. Well, the the the, the point was, why is he gyrating like a black man? That was the yeah, issue. Yeah, why yeah, is this kid from right. Mississippi dancing like a black man? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he had a set of balls on him. Of I, course. But I, I, it's, it's over. And okay. we saw them. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, too much of those. And the kid, Austin Butler, you know, I saw the movie, and my wife, Danielle, beautiful Danielle, she is a huge Elvis fan. Huge. Loves his music. Thought he was gorgeous. I thought it was kind of goofy with that stupid hair, but that's fine. She's a girl. I'm not. She loved him. Loved him. And uh, so she made me watch the movie, and I thought the kid Austin Butler was great, and uh, it was nice to see him win the Golden Globe a couple days ago, although it had to make people angry because he's a white guy. Nobody likes it when white people win awards anymore, but he deserved it. He was great. Tom Hanks was great, too. So, like, two days ago, this kid won the award, and I think Lisa Marie was actually there. She was with him. She was with him, and now she's dead. Yeah. Well, what happened? That's the weird thing about it. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's just like, you know, how you killed Jeff Beck the other day. I did. I killed Jeff Beck, yeah. yeah. I mean, these things are not coincidences. There's something weird going on. That's why Rod Stewart is probably at home. He's nailed up boards up to his house so that no <laughs> yeah. sunlight can get in because uh, you were playing his music, and he's scared now. Yeah. There was also a video of her um, on the red carpet. Yeah, I saw like, that. Stumbling around. Yeah, I saw that. She looked terrible. Slurring her words. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. Allegedly, I don't Shocking. know. Allegedly, right. But she didn't look like she was in good shape. I mean, she was a 50-year-old who looked like she was 75. And Curtis is still out there. The, yeah, uh, he he's put the sign down. He put the sign down, but he's still out there. <laughs> so I don't know much about Lisa Marie Presley, but uh, you know the kid Alex Barnard? He's on um, the Frank Morano show. Never heard of him. He does early news stuff. Oh, okay. That, okay, now I know. Now I know. He's a good kid. He, he's got a good voice. And actually, you know, he's the reason why Frankie Diaz got fired. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. What? Yeah, because Frankie used to fill in for Deb Valentine, and Frankie was, um, he set radio back like 30 years every time he got on there. Yeah, yeah, but why are you going to put that on the kid? You're going to blame the poor kid? It was horrible. You can't blame Alex He's a sweet kid, but he just, he he got on the air, and it was like, you couldn't believe it was a professional broadcast. So then they decided one day, Noam, I guess, to try Alex Barnard, and he, you know, he's actually good. Well, he was, um, he, yeah, he was good, but I mean... <laughs> Light years better than uh, Frankie. Love Frankie Diaz, but it, was, it wasn't hard to be a little better than Frankie Right, exactly. So. <laughs> have, fun, yeah. have fun, Justin. Yeah. Right. See, I don't like talking bad about no, people, no. especially people that I like. Well, I don't like talking bad about him either, but my job is to be somewhat uh, truthful on this program. And right. Frankie may have been the worst uh, newest guy I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, my whole life. Right. I've heard some pretty bad ones, no, too. No, I've, so. I've heard bad. Well, I don't yeah. know, worse than Frankie? I mean, great yeah, kid, yeah, funny uh, kid, uh, but... On, on, on par? No, no, not, you're, not, you're just being nice. No, he was horrible. No, so Barnard filled in. He was good. Strong statement. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And Barnard does these little news clips every morning for early news, and he's, he's pretty good. I heard one this morning about Lisa Marie, and I thought he kind of encapsulated her, uh, you know, her relatively mediocre life in, uh, in like a minute. What? 
Well, no, you probably you're, it's accurate so yeah. far what you and, and and the only reason you and the only reason you're playing it is because he did all the work for you. So, right. So he's going to run it, do the rundown, and then you never have to talk about exactly it. Exactly right. Right. Bingo, Justin so Ellick. You, you don't have to like fluff it up and be like, well, nope. you know, he's really talented. Nope. Here it is. Uh, oh, I, I think uh, somebody said that Frank uh, Morano uh, uh, at one point said in the studio this morning what a talent he was. I'm like, how stupid is that? What talent? But here he is, uh, Alex Barnard from the Frank Morano Show and the Early Morning News telling you all you need to know about Lisa. Then we can put this whole thing to rest. Go ahead. Play it. Presley, who was the only child between Elvis and Priscilla Presley, saw success in the early 2000s with a music career of her own. Her debut, To Whom It May Concern, reached number five on the Billboard 200 Albums chart following its release in 2003, eventually being certified gold. She released her last album in 2012. Presley was the mother of four children, including actress Riley Keough. She received notoriety in 1994 for her marriage to music icon Michael Jackson, filing for divorce just two years later. Just two days before she passed away, Presley was in attendance at the Golden Globe Awards to support the biopic of her father. I'm Alex Barnard for Sid and Friends in the Morning. Thank you, Alex. Okay, big show today, of course. The big news is that the Attorney General Merrick Garland, he did, in fact, appoint a special counsel for the Joe Biden stuff. Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, was on with Mark Levin, the great one, last night on this station. And we've got a bunch of that audio which is perfect leading up to Mr. Trump's appearance on our show, which is coming up either next Thursday or Friday. So that's a big, big story. Special counsel appointed. We've got a bunch of great guests coming on today. Marlena Chavo is here. She was on with Frank Morano. She'll hop in at uh, 625. 640, we'll talk to Dove Heikind about another anti-Semitic attack here in New York City. 705, as he walks the streets... Picketing me, Cancel Culture, 3rd Avenue, the very entertaining Curtis Sliwa, live in studio. Coming up at 740, the great famed defense attorney, friend of mine for 42 years, Joseph Takapina. Coming up at 840, the greatest mayor in the history of politics, and now a star on this station, 3 o'clock every weekday, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, as if that's not enough, coming up at 905, the all-time leading rusher, Yardage and touchdowns in NFL history, Hall of Famer and great Dallas Cowboy running back Emmett Smith here at 905. The number, as always, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. You're going to love this show today, folks. I promise you, stay with me, Sid Rosenberg, and the crew on a Friday morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, I think it's funny. Now three cars have lined up on 3rd Avenue behind a picketing Curtis Sliwa, whose claim is I'm trying to cancel him. He's got a picture of my face and a sign that reads, Cancel Culture Club. Let me see, uh, some of the listeners have checked in. Uh, L. McMean, I like him. He says, oh my God, your discussion of Curtis is so much better than Curtis himself. Shh. I guess I blew that one already. Yeah, that's it. Michelle Karekis, good morning. I love you. So while Curtis is out there picketing, if you're driving anywhere near 49th and 3rd Avenue and you want to join in this um, strike against me, Sid, then feel free to join Curtis on the streets. Right now there are three people. They're not exactly ready for police crowd control yet. Just just don't hit him. Just don't drive (laughs) into him. He's got a red jacket on, so you can't miss. So big uh, guest is coming your way. Dove Hiken, 640. Curtis Sliwa. 705, Joseph Takapina, 740. We will talk to um, Bruce Blakeman coming up at 725, the Nassau County Executive. Rudy Giuliani coming up at 840. And Hall of Fame NFL running back Emmett Smith at 905. Also, Andrew Giuliani in studio today at 925. But he came in this morning, and Frank Morano had uh, my friend Marlena Chavo in studio. Marlena sat in a couple of segments over the summer, and then I haven't seen her in quite some time. Turns out she's doing um, a very important job these days. So with that said, here's my friend back on the Sid and Friends show, Marlena Chavo. Good morning. Hello, Sid. I mean, I know I haven't seen you really much since the summer, but your um, your skin has definitely seen the sun. It has? I mean, you are very tan for, for January. I'm like all freaked out. I'm going tanning today after the show. I'm oh, all freaked out. I got you. You're, I'm you're all the tanning out. beds. I didn't oh, yeah. even know. Yeah. I didn't even know tanning salons were still a thing. They are. And they're bigger than ever. But oh, you know, to your what? point, during COVID and afterwards, they, the regulators came down very hard on the tanning folks. Why? So they made their lives miserable. Well, they shut them down during COVID, obviously. Yeah. But then, of course, people complaining about skin cancer, all that nonsense. So now they, they make uh, – it's very hard to, to get a license, I get, I guess. But I still go. I still go twice yeah, a week. Yeah, but you don't even have those those raccoon eyes that people get because you put the little stickers on, the little goggles. Like, I don't how, do that. How do you – you don't? No. I'd rather get eye cancer than walk <laughs> around with, like, white things under my eyes. You look so stupid. So I don't do that, no. Oh, man. They're like, you should really wear them with the goggles. I'm like, oh, fine. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a much uh, even tan, you know? Yeah, you do have an even you, tan. You never went into a tanning salon bed ever? Oh, my God. Not since probably the 90s. Yeah. You don't yeah. Need it. You're cute. I need it. I'm not as good looking as you are, so I need it. Yeah, but I need it to, comp- to compete with you. <laughs> there's no competition. No, it is a competition. No, there's not. Why we never it? had our push-up competition. This... We are, we, we, you're, now you're beating me in the tanning competition. You always yeah. have. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think we're on par with our, our with our clothing. Remember we had a whole like back and forth about your attire versus my attire? No, maybe no one's on par with me. Nobody. Let's be This is a cashmere Joseph Abu $2,000 sweater. You look great. You're cute. But, but... You, you don't compete with this type of stuff. No. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Oh, please. <laughs> you, you're normally in like a three-piece suit. You're wearing I, a sweater that's right. today. I, I, like... go to, I go to the garage in Brooklyn. Anthony dresses me beautifully. I always dress nicely. Mm. But you dress cute, too. You're a very good dresser. Thanks. You have to dress nicely these days for your new uh, podcast, I guess, right? Oh, yes, yes. I now, mean, what is this I mean, all I've about? Just... What is this podcast all about? Oh, oh, it's um, it's called a ma- uh, as a matter of fact. It's not my podcast. Yeah. It's uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo's podcast. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm producing. I'm. Producing well, you didn't it. vote for Andrew because you live in New Jersey, right? Or did you? I did. You did vote. In, I, I was in the city oh, up until four years ago. Yeah, that's I was in the right. City. Yeah, of course, I. So voted you have voted for Andrew in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, so that's yeah, I've been doing that. 
Um, but you've been extremely busy, I hear. I have been very busy, yes. The show is doing great. I've got my screening for Gemini Lounge, the movie I shot. You remember in Los Angeles last year. That's uh, coming out February the 13th in New York City. Very exciting. Cuomo thing. Now, now, are you in charge of booking the guests? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you got a pretty good guest list. Oh, yeah. Um, we had, I mean, it's been, it's, it's a great show. Um, you know, you can, uh. You can hear it or watch it um, on Apple Podcasts and uh, Quake Media, but um, yeah, uh, we once had, a week. Uh, we had once, a week, uh, once a week. Yeah, yeah. we had um, we had uh, Sean Penn on. How was uh, that? Not too long. Ago. Great. Uh, he talked about Ukraine and all his work he's doing there. He's a uh, well, he's actually working been on there. A, he, he actually talks to Zelensky often, I guess. He More does. Than Biden does. He does, <laughs> and he's actually putting out a uh, documentary. Um, I don't even know when that comes out, but that's in the works. And um, yeah, it's great. It's been been fantastic even it though has. it's kept me from you Sid. right right which is unfortunate Although it hasn't kept me from frank so what does that yeah, say well you're in love with frank clearly <laughs> clearly uh, yeah, clearly that is true no but you, the difference you is, have, is that you uh, go to frank show at like four o'clock in the morning before the world wakes up mm-hmm. by the time i come in you, you come in at five o'clock in the morning i you, know but the show starts at six when people are going to work kids are going to school you still have two little kids right the two, uh, uh, two little daughters i right? do uh, yes yeah. Nine very and cute six. kids yeah they're yeah, very yeah, cute. yeah 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 but you know um, I can, you know, we, we were just talking about this on Frank's show. Women can multitask. We can do everything. What do you mean women can multitask? Women can multitask. As opposed to what, men? Correct. Okay. Well, is there another? No, I just don't understand why you think women can only multitask. No, I don't think it. I know I mean, I work, for, I work for a guy in John Casamitidis who runs nine companies a day. You, um, know, you, you know what I do during the day? I mean, I'm going to the gym. I know, I'm taking my gym, son to play basketball. I'm, yeah. And then And I'm you... hosting shows. I'm doing TV. I'm doing radio. I'm, I'm, I'm hosting events. Multitasking. Yeah. No. I do more in one day than a lot of you women do in a week. No, no, no. You do. And I take care of the kids. You do things back to back. Uh-huh. Right? You do things back to back. No, sometimes do things, at the same time. You mean what? You are talking on the phone and driving your kids to basketball? Well, I don't drive anymore, but I have done that, yes. Basketball, yeah. tennis. Well, give me an example of what you do. Why don't small. you drive anymore? Because I got arrested. You really want to know the of I mean, I got to go over Still this again. again? Yes. But how long does that last I got for? arrested twice. But how long They that took last it away for? for five years. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Are you going to press me for information on this? Next February, I think I'm allowed to drive again, but uh, it's well, been maybe five that, years. That, maybe that's the compromise you come to with Curtis. You know, you say to him, look, you know, I need a driver. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you drive me everywhere. I already have a driver. And... He's great. His name is Levi. He's the yeah, most... Yeah, but maybe we... you can get Curtis at a discount, and then <laughs> the trade-off will be you have him back on the show yeah. on the days that he wants to come on. Yeah. When is uh, Cuomo going to bring me on the show as a guest? Oh, that would be up to me. You know, I actually <laughs> bumped into his brother on the street in New York last week. I sent you the picture, me and Chris. Yeah. Did I send you that? Uh, yeah, you did send me that. You are you are very into him, Chris Cuomo. Yeah, like I feel like you've got some like you know romantic feelings for him. Well, I don't I don't like him personally. I don't. I shouldn't say that. I don't know him. Very you told well. me he was good looking about four times. He is I'm handsome. Talk, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. I think yeah. you're a little attracted to him. He's a handsome man. I'm not attracted to him, but he's a handsome man. I mean, the picture of him and I, that's a, two, that's a pretty good sandwich right there. No? <laughs> <laughs> Rosenberg and Cuomo, you know. Uh, but he was very nice to me. He invited me on his News Nation show. I didn't realize that News Nation is right here. And you know my friend Bill O'Reilly yeah. goes on Chris Cuomo's show once a week. Yes, I, did know, I do know that. Yeah. Um, Has and- Chris been on Andrew's podcast yet? Uh, no. No. You're really into this podcast. I huh? am, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. I, I just, I, I can't help it. I'm, the whole Cuomo thing fascinates me. Mm. Yeah. Well, but I wish you the best of luck. I, I, w- I would ordinarily talk horribly about the, uh, the former governor. Oh, but, but you couldn't do that with me. Sitting not here. with you, right? No, no, no. I don't no, want no. you to get fired or get into trouble. And 
So I'm going to say nice things like congratulations. Congrats. And I hope it goes really well. And hope I'm so, you outdo I'm Joe so Rogan. Glad, I'm so glad I stopped <laughs> by the studio. Wait, you don't like Joe Rogan? I like Joe Rogan, but I want Andrew Cuomo's podcast to do better so you can do better than Joe Rogan. How about that? Oh, I understand. You see what right. I'm saying? But what about your radio show? Do you do better than Joe Rogan? Do we do better than Joe Rogan, Lou? Uh, the radio not even show? relatively close. It's not even. No. What do you mean not even? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. We don't do better. We. Phil, what, no, it's <laughs> like the. It's not even worth mentioning. It's so far. No. Who does better? Nobody. Nobody does better. Then Rogan, no. he, gets, he gets five million listeners. He's in the category of his own. So what? we don't compare with him. Every day he gets five. Let me, million let me explain people. something. If Joe Rogan had to come into these studios and do the show that we do. He would suck. Don't get me wrong. Joe Rogan's show sucks. His show sucks. sucks. He it's sucks. So boring. So, he, so he, What do you mean it's what? So boring. He says nothing. So yeah. interesting. He couldn't. He's not nearly the interviewer that I am. It's not even close. So boring. It's so, so boring. So boring. Right. So boring. I, so, so, so 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 you have a bunch of losers who sit in their house and listen to his podcast for hours at a time. That doesn't mean he's talented. He's making a ton of money. So what does that mean? So do the Kardashians, and I like them, but I mean, there's so many people in this country that make a ton of money that are not very talented. You know that. Look well, at Frank well, Morano. He's, I mean, look at he's got talent. I mean, he should yeah, be making more right. money. Yeah, <laughs> look at Curtis. Look at Curtis. Look he's at Curtis. <laughs> you, know what he's really, you know what really the other side of that sign says? What does it say? I need a new outfit. Is, did it say that? No, he needs a new outfit. He's been wearing the same thing for 40 years. You don't find that sexy? The red beret and the red uh, satin jacket? Um, That's not a word I would use for it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's definitely yeah. vintage. Yeah, it is vintage. Point. It's authentic and it's genuine. Which is important. You know, it must be so easy to get up and be um, Curtis in the morning. You, you look in your closet and all you see is a row of black pants <laughs> and a row of red jackets. No, no, it's no row, sweetheart. Oh. <laughs> He's got one jacket. In fact, I remember when I first came to Madison Square Garden. How many pairs of underwear do you think he has? One, red. <laughs> Bernie would say he would never wash the beret. And one morning, he thought he saw the beret walking into the studio by itself. <laughs> He's like, he has got to wash that thing. So I believe he only has one red jacket and one beret I mean, which he wears beret, every day i have asked curtis several times um at various times over the years if he has a beret for every day and he has yet to answer so i'm gonna <laughs> lean i'm gonna lean towards yeah. your answer or bernie's former answer that he has one beret one beret that's it yeah. well, well it's great to see you it was great and, to uh, see you we can, talked about absolutely nothing which is perfect <laughs> that's you know uh today is julia louise dreyfus's birthday and of course she was a big star on the seinfeld show and the reason why Seinfeld was such a tremendous success. It's a show about nothing. Correct. Correct. that's what life is. Correct. It's just a series of events right. so strung if, together if, if, by if, time. If you and I sat here and broke down Merrick Garland and broke down the Joe Biden scandal and all that stuff, it would make for repetitive, boring radio. Now, I'm going to do that today. That's why I have Rudy coming on and other people. But uh, the beauty of you is, is when you're in here with me, which is every now and then, and you asked me an hour later what we talk about. I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. But I enjoy it, so you must be doing something right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they have the replay. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's good to see you. Well, see, Happy New good Year. To see you. Next time we'll actually plan something to talk about. Give my and, regards um, to the governor, okay? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was my original headshot. You have I hair. I had some hair there, yeah. You have hair. I didn't like it. You like that? You like hair better? Um, I guess it depends on the person. You know who looks great bald? Is, Who's that? Um, me. You know, I guess it's not. funny. I feel like his name keeps coming up lately, but yeah. Arthur Idala. Yeah, he does, yeah. You have the hots for Arthur Idala? He's a good-looking guy, He's actually. fine. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah. A very cute smile. But not everybody can pull off that head of his, and he can. He can. I agree. Are and you I friends just... with Arnie? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a uh, big-time attorney. Big time. I know. I think he likes uh, Andrew Cuomo, I think. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He okay. does. Um, a lot of people do. He's a great guy. No, a lot of people don't. I uh, love you. Oh, Good to see you. You are a mess. I'm out of here. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> Marlena Chavo, everybody. She's uh, on with Frank Morano and me often because she's uh, actually really, really good. Traffic and sports are coming up next. And my friend Dove Hyken. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from my main man, John Katz and Matidis. Katz at night. He's talking here with New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin about Hunter Biden possibly having access to the president's classified documents. Why does he have them at all? He's, he was the vice president. He was not entitled to take any classified documents out of the White House. What, why did he do that? Why did he take them? To me, everything relates to Hunter Biden's businesses. Mm. Uh, we, we were told the first, doc, first batch included Ukraine, information on Ukraine. Well, and, and the question you raised, John, about the Chinese having access, because the Chinese were paying the Biden family. We, we know of at least $11 million dollars. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. My guy, Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. I know the Nets were in action last night because Macedonia Phil was spotted on Flappish Avenue about 9 p.m. last night. With all your sports, here he is, my man, Justin Ellick. You got it, Sydney. The Nets indeed in action last night. They suffered a loss, 109-98 to at home to the Boston Celtics. They begin to feel the absence here of superstar Kevin Durant. Kerry Irving did his best to pick up the slack with his 24 points, but without a sidekick in KD, it was tough for Brooklyn to keep up with the NBA's top team in the Celtics. Jason Tatum led a well-rounded team effort from Boston with his 20 points and 11 rebounds as the Nets will continue to search for their Durant-less identity come Sunday when the Oklahoma City Thunder come into town. And what a hockey game last night at the Garden between the Rangers and visiting Dallas Stars. As the Rangers come back from the dead to stun the Stars 2-1 to one in overtime, it was Keandre Miller who nodded things at 1 with .2 seconds left in regulation. And then Adam Fox played the hero in overtime, netting the game winner just about a minute uh, over in overtime. What's up? Joe Tacopina, yeah, who will join us at 7.40 this morning and uh, is the best defense attorney in the country. He has season tickets for the Rangers, invited me to go last night. I had to turn him down because I'm still living in Queens, moving back to Manhattan, I think, this weekend. So Takapino was in attendance last night. How about that? Saw a great game. He did see a great game. He actually said, and I quote on a text he sent me after the game last night, you ready for this? Mm. Best game he's ever seen. Really? Doesn't that sound like a bit much? Yeah, they didn't score for basically three periods. No, it was a good game, though. Rangers point five seconds left. We tie it. Best game I have ever been to, is what he said. And two good teams, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is a really good team. Yep. So, after two straight wins now, the Rangers don't try and stay hot at home. When they face the Montreal Canadiens on Sunday night, the Islanders, they suffer a 3-1 loss at home to the Minnesota Wild. They'll try and get back to the winning hockey uh, uh, tomorrow night at home against the aforementioned Canadians and NFL wildcard weekend coming up this weekend locally. You got to look out for your six seed Giants in Minnesota against the three seed Vikings. As uh, Vikings are three point favorites, that's Sunday at 4:30 p.m. We'll have more on that full schedule for you later on. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 
I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save you money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Kevin speaks with every new client. Your call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or visit Lang ins.com Sit in friends in the morning 77 WABC Shiny, happy people, 646 on your rainy Friday morning in New York City as we speak. Curtis Sliwa, who will join me at 705, and his lovely wife, Nancy, their van is parked out on 49th Street. And Curtis is picketing on 3rd Avenue. He's got a big sign. It's got my face on it, and it reads, Cancel Culture Club. So if you're driving down 3rd Avenue right now and you think you see Curtis Sliwa picketing, you do see him picketing. He's out there. He's... he's, um, like I said uh, just a couple of days ago, there is no way you can make a logical explanation why Curtis Sliwa is ever allowed to leave him, his house by himself. It is. Not like a monitoring bracelet. He's he's completely off the reservoir. I wonder, it's over. I wonder if he takes a lot of medication. He must. He should. Must to even if himself he out. He should, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, he saved some. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll be on at seven oh five. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman coming up at seven twenty five. Famed defense attorney, my dear friend Joseph Takapina. He had an interesting trip this week. I'll tell you about it coming up at seven forty. Eight forty. Rudy Giuliani. Nine oh five. Hall of Fame Dallas Cowboy running back Emmett Smith. And nine twenty five. Andrew Giuliani. All that coming up today. But here he is, uh, another story about Alvin Bragg that really uh, smacks the Jews and New York City right across the face. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg offers a sweetheart plea deal to suspect in brutal anti-Semitic attack. The voice of the Jewish people from me, former assemblyman for almost 40 years at a borough park, Brooklyn, my dear friend Dove Heikind. Dove, good Shabbos. Happy Friday morning. Uh- Good Shabbos to you and uh, everyone. A great weekend to everyone. You too. Good to be with you, Sid. You too. So another story here. Um, before we get to the anti-Semitism and Jews basically under attack here for uh, quite some time with numbers continuing to rise, this Manhattan DA is not just a louse and a bad guy and a racist, but clearly Alvin Bragg Dove is an anti-Semite. Is that not obvious? Well, look, uh, there's no question. You look at this case with Joey Borgen, uh, you watch the video of him being beaten in the streets of New York. I mean, you, get, you have a mob beating the daylights out of him. You have this guy who was offered Wasim six months, which really is not six months. 
hitting him with metal crutches. The guy ends up in the hospital with a concussion and other uh, injuries. And, you know, the injuries never leave, Sid. When you get attacked that way, you live with it the rest of your life. So for this guy to get be offered six months, and as I said, it's not six months, it's much less, is so outrageous and shows basically there are no consequences for attacking Jews. Not, no not only that, but I, I have to add Jewish this. blood is cheap. Yeah, I have, to, I, I have to add this to the story. According to the New York Post, Wasim, you said that, though, that's his name, Wasim, he defiantly said when he was arrested, quote, I would do it again. He said that uh, he hopes that Hamas kills all the Jews in Israel. So not only did he uh, participate in this brutal attack on a Jew, but even after being arrested, he was like, I'm going to do it again. What? Absolutely. It's just amazing. I mean, what else do you need? What other ingredients than to throw the book at this guy and send a powerful message to everyone, to the anti-Semites out there? But you have a DA here who gives more of a darn. You know, uh, he has more pity for the perpetrators than he does for the innocent victims, for the citizens of our city. What an outrage. How sickening that this is happening in front of our eyes. I mean, it's uh, just beyond the pale, uh, Sid, what's going on here. Uh, And, you know, I've been in touch with Joey Borgen on a daily basis. I, I can't even describe to you, you know, what he feels like. He was victimized, brutalized. In every single way, called a dirty Jew, a, you are a dirty Jew, okay? Joey said at that time, he said, I thought I was going to die, okay? This is a New Yorker, an innocent citizen, walking the streets of New York, gets attacked by this mob led by Wasim. And this is the justice? You call this justice? This is what the DA in Manhattan calls justice? What a pig he is. And the worst part is Kathy Hochul, the governor, who keeps this guy employed. I mean, the one thing Lee Zeldin did say when he was campaigning was, the day I take office, I'll fire him. Now, we know, of course, it's not that easy because in New York, you can't just fire the DA. You can eventually, but there's a whole process involved. But at least Lee Zeldin called him out. This Kathy Hochul. I mean, Lee was uh, sent a very powerful message, what he was going to do with Bragg. Uh, you know, whether he would have managed to do it or not, I think he would have, but that's not the point. The point is, has anyone heard anything from the governor? Has anyone heard anything from the two United States senators of New York? I mean, only imagine if we turn things around and it wasn't Joey Borgen, the Jew, but it was a couple of white people, a couple of guys with yarmulkes attacking someone in the black community. Would this be happening? Would this be the justice that would be advocated and supported? I mean, come on, for God's sake. I mean, what does it take? I mean, what does it take to murder a Jew? Then it's, being, then it's taken seriously by the authorities, by this guy Brack. It is an outrage, and everyone should raise their voice, the elected officials. You know, you hardly hear from anybody, Sid. You know, everybody's against anti-Semitism, but when it comes to the real thing, right now we got Joey Borgen. Is this justice? I'm asking, is this justice? Doesn't seem that way, Dove Hyken. We're going to throw Dove on hold for a, a quick respite, if you will. 
And we're going to come back. This brutal anti-Semitic attack, another one. They are happening way too frequently in New York. And between the governor, Kathy Hochul, this louse Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, nobody seems to care. Dove Hyken does, and he'll be back with us right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. told this story, Dove, the other day. I was walking past the YMCA. I actually work out at the YMCA in Rockaway. I like it. But I was walking past the one here in, um, in Midtown Manhattan uh, last week, and I took a picture. I showed it to uh, Danielle, my wife. And uh, outside the building, Dove, I told Inavernikov the same thing. There was a big flag BLM. Listen, I think they're a terrorist Marxist group. You like them? God bless you. There's a big sign for pride for gay people. Fantastic. I think it's a bit much, but fine. There's a big sign for anti-Asian hate, and we have certainly seen our fair share of that. What's missing, Dove Heikind, outside the YMCA? Well, listen, uh, we know what's missing. Uh, Attacks upon Jews month after month. If you look at the police numbers that come out every single month, Attacks upon the Jewish community, uh, just as an example, the month of November, there were three times as many attacks upon Jews as all the other protected groups put together, meaning gays, blacks, Latino, Asians, three times as many against Jews. And that is pretty much every single freaking month. It's the same thing. But attacks upon the Jewish people is just a different story because, you know, Sid, you and I are privileged you know, white, it's called white privilege. We're treated differently. Beating up on Jews is a whole different story. It is this double standard that exists, yeah. especially on the left, especially among Democrats. It is so outrageous and, Sid, it is so dangerous. We are heading in a direction that I believe is truly dangerous. I saw another story, too, on my friend Joe DiGiacomo, Rockaway guy, very good um, electrician, by the way. He sent me this a couple uh, yesterday, actually. Elderly New York City jeweler clinging to life after brutal beating by brazen thieves. And he said that um, I got a phone call from my friend Joel Weber, who lives in Neponset by me. He's 79 years uh, he He's also in his 70s. And uh, he talked to this uh, this jeweler who was nearly beaten to death at 79 years old. My point is, these stories are happening with such rapidity that you have to ask yourself, Dove, if the governor's not going to do anything about it, or the DA, you know, Eric Adams, is trying to help, what can Jewish people do themselves to try to limit these attacks? Look, I think one of the things we, you know, first of all, the Jewish community and Jewish leadership the direction we're going, the things that are being said and done, it's the same routine. It's like walking in a circle, and nothing changes. I mean, I think we need to start talking much more about Jews learning how to protect themselves, Jews not running from the assailant, Jews not apologizing, nothing to apologize. We need to be tough, we need to be strong, and we need to be proud. I mean, just yesterday, I was at a restaurant out here in the Five Towns, and a guy in the community, you know, Jewish guy, you know, uh, says to me, 
I take my yarmulke off when I go into Manhattan. Oh I would God. never wear my yarmulke. Oh, my God. I mean, Sid, is this our America? Oh, yeah. Is this the United States that Jews need to remove their Jewish symbol because they're afraid? Terrible. No, I just I hear those stories, and I would advise every Jewish person out there, don't do that. You know, you remember after 9-11, they had this uh, statement they said it all the time. If you don't go out to eat, if you don't go to the movies, if you don't go to sporting events, they would say, then the terrorists won. So if you're taking off your yarmulke, in essence, the terrorists won. You don't want to do that. So don't get beat up. I get it. But don't allow the terrorists to win. Said you're so on target. When someone removes that Jewish symbol, takes off the yarmulke, the, the anti-Semite has won. They are winning when you do that. Don't be afraid. Yeah, be careful. Look around. But don't take off your religious, your Jewish symbol. Be proud, for God's sake. Couldn't agree more. Hey, listen, Dover, thank you for coming on. We, we do this often lately. I love when you're on. You're brilliant and you're one of my best friends. But I wish we were talking about something nicer than this. But someone needs to talk about it. So once again, on this Safari before Shabbos, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I love you. We'll talk again very soon. Mutual feeling. Thank you and good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Stove Hyken, who spent nearly four decades as one of our best assemblymen ever out of Borough Park. And let me say this to you folks. You walk up to Dove Hyken, and he's in his 70s. You walk up to him and mess with him because he's wearing a yarmulke, he will kick your epping ass. He will put you in the hospital like you do to the Jews. I only pray to God some of you punks out there figure out my last name is Rosenberg. I pray to God. Come at me, tough guys. Come at me. Hour one in the books. Three great hours to come, including... The craziest person in New York, Curtis Sliwa. He's coming up next. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Bullet the Blue Sky, U2 at 7.06 on your Friday morning in New York City. Hour number two of the number one rated news talk show in New York, Sid and Friends, in the morning. So Mr. Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel, Mr. Robert Hur, who's got ties, mind you, to Rod Rosenstein and Barack Obama, the 
you know, the incestuous Democrat machine continues. So I don't expect anything really bad to happen to Biden. He says, don't you worry, folks. I had those classified documents in my garage right next to my old albums. They were nice and safe. So we will talk to uh, Rudy Giuliani and Andrew Giuliani later on in this program and Joseph Tacopina, who made a special trip this week to a certain place and had a conversation with a famous person who is very vested in what happens with Joe Biden. I'll leave it at that. So Takapina 740, Rudy 840, Andrew 925, Bruce Blakeman coming up this morning, also Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith. But we put this time aside every Monday and Friday morning to talk to the man, 1215 to 1 every weekday afternoon, all weekend long he is. The legendary, the icon, Curtis Lee. What if you don't know, you're just tuning in. He has been outside picketing right at about 49th Street and 3rd Avenue since about 545 this morning because I threatened back on Monday to eliminate one of his two appearances on this program. And uh, he has decided that now I become part of the Cancel Culture Club He's got a sign. It's got cats on it. He's got his van outside. And according to Curtis, he even has a small focus group who actually gave their opinion on this whole new Curtis Sid situation. So here he is, the legend himself, Curtis Sliwa. See, uh, I did a focus group this morning. <laughs> In addition, I to- mean, do you realize you're insane? Do you realize that? No, no. Okay. I, I know radio. You see, well, Sid, that's true. We got people here who pretend they know radio. They're TV guys. They know nothing about radio, right? I agree. You want to do a focus group, right? You go to the suits. Oh, yeah, we'll call up certain people who listen. Get out of here. I was out in the streets with my sign, with your face on it. <laughs> well, what does the sign say? Read it to the folks and explain what's going on. The sign says, Sid has joined the Cancel Culture Club, which is a play on words of Boy George. If I put a hat on your picture there, you look a little bit like Boy George to have Culture Club. And then oh, God. Uh, you have, and he says he hates feral cats. I and hate then, cats. If yeah. you notice, I got all the cats there with red berets on. That, that's my... That's my rat patrol there. They look disgusting, these uh, cat animals. But go ahead, go ahead. What else? So I'm out there, and then it says um, Cancel Culture Club. And I'm telling you, that bottom picture, two guys came up to me and said, Is he Boy George? I said, No. (laughs) That's it. He goes, Oh my God. I thought it was Culture Club. (laughs) And let me tell you something. Uh, And and, uh, John and Margo and Chad can save a lot of money. I'll do. The actual focus groups. Guys and gals were driving up. I listen to you sit every morning. I listen to you for lunch. I listen to you sit every morning. I listen to you for lunch. Oh, hold on. So you're telling me people in the rain, yes. early in the dark on a Friday morning, as you're standing outside on 49th Street and 3rd Avenue, right outside Chuck Schumer's office, by the way, people were rolling down their windows and yelling, I love Sid in the morning. I love you in the afternoon. That's right. I have Sid on my way to work, and I listen to you for lunch. <laughs> Didn't mention anybody else. Nobody else. Nobody <laughs> else. We got TV guys who think the TV is more important than radio. Sid, you know radio. You've been doing it over 30 years. I've been doing it 35 years. You cut our veins and arteries. We bleed radio. The ra- everybody here does radio as a secondary. Right, I- right. Oh, if I can only be yeah. on TV. Bull feathers. I tell people, more people are going to hear you on radio than watch you on TV. Well, especially if you work at Newsmax. <laughs> no, 
Well, in total, <laughs> yeah. you'd be surprised. You know, people, oh, I just did a spot on Fox. Yeah, how many people really paid attention to your two and a half minutes when you're on WABC? It's not only content, but it's the most intimate form of broadcasting. That's what caused all these people in the rain to stop and have a conversation. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, listen, I've done my fair share of television, not as much as you. You've done years and years of local news channels and yeah. all that stuff. Now, of course, uh, I've got the, the uh, screening coming out February 13th for Gemini Lounge. By the way, I haven't been invited. You're invited. I am the one who knows all these guys. I grew up with these psychotic killers. <laughs> Joey and Patty Testa, the Gemini Twins, Joey Testa, Anthony Centaur, I mean, DeMeo, Chris Rosenberg, all these people I grew up with. I know. I, I don't know. get an invitation. No, you're invited. You're invited. I'm inviting you right now. I just found out about it three days ago, so that's a big deal for me. Oh, this is great. Oh, it's going to be great. Jake Cannavale, whose father Bobby's a great actor, he plays Chris Rosenberg, Danny A plays Roy DeMeo, Bo Deedle's in the movie, too. So that's exciting. And yeah, I but do... you see, I'll be able to rate it based on the real-life right, characters. Right, you knew these people, right. I taught them to play stickball. <laughs> I gave them their first beatdowns. <laughs> see, that's interesting to me. But my point is, with all that said, uh, the movie, doing the TV show, all that fun stuff in yes. TV, yes. this is what I live for. This is far and away my favorite doing radio. Because like you said, the intimacy and the opportunity to create the theater, yes. like TV, movies, you see it. You got a script. You could be you vapid. And, right. You and I walk in in the morning. There's no script. Nope. We just go at it, whether it's an hour, two hours, four hours. Yeah, but it's all improv, and we study the analytics. The rest of these guys and gals, why every three months, oh, how did my ratings do? Every minute we analyze, this didn't work. No, no, we got to do something else because we're constantly striving to be the very best that we can be in radio because we don't take this for granted. The rest of them do. They've never been fired like you and me. Oh, God, They've never no. been told kick to the curb. <laughs> no. Oh, you had a great white, uh, a great walk on the Great White Way Broadway. Now get the hell out of here. You got a, an hour to pack your stuff. How many times have you been kicked out? How Are many times serious? have I been fired? Many. So the point Both is, that's how you learn to perfect your craft. Of course. Of course. Oh, that's why when you talk about the popular radio personalities at this station, and I always exclude John Katsimatidis because he's terrific, he's smart, uh, no matter what we're talking about, politics, energy, business, economy, you can't be John, but excluding John... After you and I, it's um, there's a long fall. Oh, yeah. And that's because they don't focus. They really don't focus. Is that what it is? Oh, come on. No. You know in a, in, a, in a heartbeat, if tomorrow a TV station called up and said, you're going to have to leave radio, they'd be out the door. All of them. All of them. Every one of them. They don't understand the power of radio. I've grown up like you grew up listening to this thing of ours, listening to something that has been five times. They've said, oh, it's on its deathbed. It's gone. Oh, AM radio especially, right? AM radio. Yes. Not radio in general, but I keep hearing for years, to your point, Curtis, AM radio is dead. Nobody's listening they're wrong, obviously. They couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. If you would have been out there this morning with me in the rain, <laughs> all the people stopping. First of all, they thought I was real, really psychotic. You're going to get pneumonia out there. You want to get hit by a cab again, Curtis? I said, no, I'm making my point. And they said, I listen to sit in the morning on my way to work, and I listen to you for lunch. That, that, was, that was music to my well, ears. Well, I would say this, not to blow smoke up your ass. But I think you're the most popular New Yorker maybe ever. And I say this going back to when I first came back to New York in 2016 to work with Bernard, God rest his soul. You took me out on the trains with the Guardian Angels. Yes. 
And I remember I was so blown away. I knew I know about you when you were on my Florida show quite a bit, and you actually helped me get back to New York, which I'm always grateful for. But I remember walking into Penn Station, and specifically the amount of people and black people, I want to point that out, African-American people that ran up to you and hugged you and thanked you for patrolling their streets and keeping them safe. What I saw that night, I don't care who it is, Robert De Niro, Mark Messier, Joan Namath, pick any famous New Yorker, they would not have gotten the love that I saw you get that night and every day. Because I've been out in the hood. They, they know Slee has been in the hood. He's a crazy white boy, but he's been in the hood, and he don't take no guff. You see, the difference is, Sid, somebody talks nonsense to me. I step to them right away. Everybody else said, Nebuchadnezzar and Shlubby, oh, I don't want to offend them. I'll offend you. I'll knock you out. And they know that. And, you so, know, and you're not afraid to get hurt. No, I mean, somebody no, rewired no. your jaw a couple you, of months you, ago in Penn Station. You know that all these tough guys uh, gave beatdowns. The only way you could have ever... Got, given beatdowns is if you got beat down. Right. And that proves you're a street guy. Right. That's why, uh, I know you don't like him, that's why I love the mayor, Eric Adams, because he's been through that, and that's why he's uh, so... What? The house mouse, the guy who never left the precinct. How many collars did he ever have? Come on, Sid. Why, why did I do Let's this? Let's look at the track record, 22 <laughs> years. Plus, the guy wears $5,000 suits. You think that he's going to tear any of those designer suits well, listen, to break up a fight? I, I brought this up last time. Yes. Nobody wore more expensive suits than John Gotti. I would say oh, he was a pretty no, tough guy. Yeah. Pablo Escobar. Okay, and, well, uh, okay, and those are both pretty tough guys. Yes, no? yes, if you're going to buy expensive suits, so why is Eric Adams not tough? If John Gotti and Escobar wore nice suits, why is Adams well, not tough? Well, because they weren't metrosexuals. He's a metrosexual. <laughs> are you nuts? Yes, he is. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He's a metrosexual. Look, he and look, he's got no scars. And I'm shaking his hand. You know, he, he was forced to shake my hand in the no. second debate. He wasn't the first. He's got no calluses on his hands. Right. He's got <laughs> Probably got calluses on his tuchus, but none on his hand. Well, Rudy Giuliani is set to join me at 840 this morning. Comes yes. on once a week. And uh, Rudy was on last week, I swear to God. And Rudy's very tough on the mayor like you are. And I asked him, I said, be honest with me, Mayor Giuliani. Tougher job when you took over, the city was a mess, or Adams. And he said, believe it or not, Adams. I said, is it fair to say, Rudy, that after one year in office in a four-year stay, is it fair to call the mayor a failure? He said, of course not. Now, if the city is in the same shape a year from now, two years from now, absolutely. But even Rudy Giuliani said, it is way too early to make a determination on this mayor. Even Rudy was making sense. Yeah, Rudy's waiting for that dinner that you promised him. He's hoping that he'll have that dinner. Whatever happened to that dinner, that sit-down with Eric Adams, yourself, and Rudy? He's been busy. He's trying to stop the Jews from getting beaten up on him. He'll be feeding the homeless. Oh, yeah. And by the way, feeding feeding the the illegal aliens who've come in, right? (laughs) They put them up in a $500 a night hotel. They're over there at the Milford. The old Milford Plaza. You remember the ads, right? Yeah. $500 a night. Oh, they took we- it from 42nd Street. Uh, the Valley Who. That's right. The Milford Plaza. Eighth, right. Yeah. Yeah. So they changed the uh, hotel name to Row New York City. We give them food. We give them everything. They don't eat the food. They walk into their rooms, right? There's Corona beer Fine. everywhere. There's weed everywhere. You tell me where the hell are they getting the money? $500 a night? Citizens don't get put up in the hotels at $500 a night. So do you expect that when you go back outside yes. and continue this uh, very successful picketing that you've done this yes, morning, yes. do you expect that maybe the mayor, his detail, will stop on 3rd Avenue and maybe even get out of the car and take part in this? Or do you think because the mayor has become so loyal to me 
that he would get very angry with you. Sid, he'll step out and he'll say, Jeeves, get me an umbrella. Hold the umbrella over my head. I don't want to get any rain on this $5,000 customized suit. Come on, you know the man. Come on, he's a metrosexual. He's not a tough guy. Not a tough guy. Never was in the street. Now, they have they have a nickname for him. I'm not going to mention it because I may not be able to return on the airwaves, but... Do you still have your design set on replacing Keyshawn Sewell eventually as the New York police commissioner? Is that still something oh, you're looking at? by the way, she's like a mannequin. They wheel her out for press conferences. <laughs> she stands there. She says nothing. Nothing, yeah. And by the way, everything's on OT now. All the cops are on OT. When the OT goes away, oh, and not only that, you see in Park Slope where they hate the cops, Park Slope. Oh, we don't need police, right? Don't call the police. They hit every jewelry shop, smash and grab. They're going into all the bodegas in Delhi on 7th Avenue. And now they're calling. Could we have guardian angels, please? And you know what I did? I introduced them to Mr. Click. Click. <laughs> You 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 don't want the cops, huh? Yeah, you don't want yeah. law and order. But now, now all of a sudden you're getting hit every other day. And you know they're going to get into these hipsters and millennials' apartments. They're going to get into their condos, their businesses. And they're going to go, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. What do you want, 40, 40 acres in a mule and reparations? They can actually justify this by saying, well, it's all part of reparations. Yeah, I know. Did you see that one black guy staring in the camera, looking yeah. in the camera? Have the cops caught him? Of of course not. This is crime central here in New York City. By the way, all the people leaving, uh, some of them leaving this morning in Florida, DeSantis land. Oh, they're all happy here. They're all saying, I'm moving back to New York City. It's so much better with Eric Adams. Name me one person who said, oh, boy, the city's in such good shape. I'm moving back to New York City. Me. 2016, uh, I left Boca Raton after 16 years and came back, even when the awful Mayor Bill de Blasio was here, who was worse than, uh, than Mayor Adams. Uh, let me remind you, uh, no. at that point, I barged into the office of Chad Lopez <laughs> on his desk at the old Cumulus uh, WABC uh, headquarters. He had a contract for Mike Lupica yeah. to sign him up. They were not going to sign up you and Bernard McGregor. And it was because of you, Sid, they said that you... You were toxic. And I looked at Chad and I said, that will be the worst mistake you've ever made for WABC. Show some chutzpah, some culion, some huevos. And Chad looked at me and he said, I'm not signing this contract. And he marched into the suits of cumulus. They all wanted you to be a dead man walking. You know that, oh, I know that. I know McVeigh and Milner, all the folks. Remember the OJ song, Backstabber, all the folks that they smiled. They hated you. Hated more me. than they hated me. I know. Me. I know. Will you do me a favor next time you're in? Could you provide some energy? You seem a little lethargic this no, morning. No, 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 no. <laughs> I got to get back out there. I got to do the focus group. And again... Cancel Culture Club, Sid Rosenberg. And if you think he looks like Boy George, well, all the better. And you hate cats. And I will never forgive you for that. Okay. I'll have all the cat ladies from the Upper West Side out here picketing with me. Yes. Oh, that would be great, actually. Can you do that? Oh, you know I'm connected with all of them. I can't wait. Folks, 49th Street and 3rd Avenue all morning long. Curtis Sliwa, if you believe I'm part of this awful cancel culture club and you love cats, which I despise the feline community, please stop and help out Curtis in his efforts this morning. That was a brilliant appearance. And remember... You and I are the only two guys here who know radio. I agree. Bruce Blakeman and Joseph Takapina coming up in this hour. Sitting friends in the morning with the great Curtis Sliwa. We'll be right back. Where's God visiting me?
Entertaining and informative talk for New York. Streaming now on your smart speakers. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, it has been an awful first 12 days of the year for Joe Biden, the President of the United States. Can it get any worse? Yes. Will it? Yes, it will. I mean, I almost laugh derisively when I hear that uh, Joe Biden's going to run again in 24. In my opinion, he will not. Things will be so bad then, uh, it'll be almost incomprehensible that he would run. Anyway, the latest, of course, is these documents. He pounded Donald Trump for having classified documents sent to Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, uh, which was against the law, and Mr. Trump should not have done that. I submit to you, Mr. Trump had no idea, but when he found out, he did not cooperate fully, and so uh, it blew up into a huge controversy. Well, now President Biden's on the same thing. So there are documents in his house in Delaware, there's documents in D.C. office, there's documents here, there, everywhere, and a special counsel. How many of those do we have? A special counsel has been appointed to investigate. All right, his name is Robert Hur. Okay, so he joins John Durham and a guy investigating Trump, and I don't even know how many of these people there are. It will all lead to nothing. And Donald Trump is the luckiest guy in the country right now because they can't prosecute him on any document thing because Biden did the same thing. And again, this will all amount to nothing. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. George Santos's campaign last year was a campaign of deceit, lies, and fabrication. He deceived the voters of the 3rd Congressional District. He deceived the members of the Nassau County Republican Committee, elected officials, his colleagues, candidates, his opponents, and even some of the media. His lies were not mere fibs. He disgraced the House of Representatives. And in particular, his fabrications went too far. Many groups were hurt. Specifically, I look at those families that were touched by the horrors of the Holocaust and feel for them. That's brilliant. Lou Rufino, Bruce Springsteen, brilliant disguise, talking about George Santos. That was the GOP head there on Nassau County, a guy I really like, Joe Cairo. And it's funny, as we speak, MSNBC, with two of the worst people God ever created, Mika and Willie Geis, are talking about how Santos is defiant 
amidst all this talk of resignation. So MSNBC is doing the George Santos story right now. But I'm bringing on a guy that uh, knows it well because he's Mr. Nassau County. He's the executive there, a very good friend of mine, a terrific politician, Bruce Blakeman. Bruce, good Friday morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, buddy. Thank you. You're doing a great job out there on Long Island. You really are. And, uh, you know, you're very familiar with this. And I heard your comments as well yesterday asking George Santos to get out. But if he continues to be defiant as he is, Bruce Blakeman, what's next? Well, he has three investigations that are going to be uh, commenced against him. Uh, one is by Nassau County District Attorney Ann Donnelly. You know her well. Yep. Um, the uh, I'm I'm understanding now that the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District uh, may open an investigation, and then there's the Ethics Committee investigation. So he's got three investigations pending. He's lied about everything, and now uh, the focus is going to be on where did he get the money to run the campaign when it's clear he didn't have a job. Yeah, and uh, what he do with uh, some of that money that he ended up getting for the campaign? Were you disappointed, Bruce Blakeman, that the speaker, the new speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, gave him a pass? Kevin said, hey, listen, he's sworn in. He's going to do his job until something else happens. Were you disappointed that Kevin McCarthy wasn't tougher on George Santos? Well, you know, the House of Representatives has their own rules, their own processes. So uh, I'm not going to be critical of Speaker McCarthy, uh, I just know that in my own conscience, I cannot deal with George Santos as an elected federal official in Nassau County. Uh, I wouldn't be able to trust anything he could say. I would be unable to share sensitive information with him. And, uh, you know, there are very important federal issues that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, whether it be uh, immigration, whether it be public safety, public health, the environment, infrastructure. Um, I I just don't see myself being able to trust somebody that's whole life, their whole campaign, uh, the whole fabric of their being is a lie. I don't understand how somebody can go to work every day. You know, Cairo, he can't stand him. You can't stand him. And for a lot of you guys, this has become personal. It's not just business now because he's really embarrassed the party the community, the house. So now it's personal. How does a guy go to work every day knowing that everybody around him really can't stand him? Well, I think he's got serious issues. I mean, he's clearly delusional. Um, and he, he has such a difficulty telling the truth that um, he's got some kind of emotional issues. And, you know, he's a young man, Sid everybody's entitled to a second chance in life if they do the right thing. And the right thing for him would be to resign, get professional help, and then rehabilitate yourself. And then the American people who are very compassionate and forgiving uh, would give him a second chance. But by stomping his feet and saying, look, I I know I lied about everything, but I got elected. Ha ha. I'm staying here. Um, That's not going to serve George Santos. Well, I mean, I'm actually feeling sad for him because uh, I, I think that he has intellect. He has clearly abilities, uh, but he's got to get some help for his emotional problems because anybody that would lie to that extent about crazy things like his, his parents 
being survivors in the Holocaust. What a horrible thing to do to trivialize yep. the death of six million people, two million of which were children. Yep. It's just crazy. No, that was the, the thing that bothered me the most as well. I mean, stealing his opponent's ice cream flavor and the TV show and traditional Christmas values and the Baruch stuff. I graduated from Baruch. So all that stuff was bad. But you're right. The Holocaust thing was downright offensive. And um, you can't make an excuse for that. I saw a guy on CBS, Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County executive local on the news last night. He said, listen, George Santos is not the first guy nor will he be the last to be involved in a political controversy. He's also not the first guy to say, I ain't leaving despite pressure to leave. But he did say that in almost all the prior cases, eventually that person figured it out and did leave. How do you think this ends? Well, I don't know. You know, someone said to me last night, they reminded me of The Wolf of Wall Street, if you remember that movie. Of course. I'm going nowhere. Well, he kept saying, I'm going nowhere, and he went right to jail. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's true. That's, I, that's, I uh, that, that's the great Jordan Belfort. You know, the, uh, that movie, you may remember, the guy that he used to talk to when he got into trouble was Bo Deedle. Bo had a couple of really good scenes in that movie. And that was a true story, Jordan Belfort and Bo Deedle. But, but you're right, but that guy, you know, that guy broke the law, stole money. He was basically Bernie Madoff. I don't know if, if George Santos is looked Maybe he is. I don't know. You think people look at George Santos like Jordan Belfort? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, the guy just fabricated everything. And uh, I think that, you know, when when you sit and listen after each and every lie, one after another, um, it, it's just crazy. I mean, there's no other way to explain it, no. Sid. Uh, maybe Bo Deedle should go have a chat with uh, George. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll tell you what, Bruce Blakeman, on the way out, the best-case scenario, and it's a hypothesis, of course, but how about George Santos eventually comes to the realization nobody wants to work with him, it's just going to get worse and worse, and he leaves, and you know who takes his spot? Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin. Well, we would love to have Lee back in public office. He was a great public official. And he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I don't know what his future is, but I can tell you this much. Lee Zeldin's future is very bright no matter what he does. So is yours, Bruce Blakeman. You've done a tremendous job since uh, beating Laura Kern, who I'm to like as well. But you've been a, a tremendous asset to Nassau County, a great politician and a terrific guy. So thank you for hopping on today. We're on the same page with uh, George Santos. And we'll see what happens, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sid. You're the man, Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive Right here on the Sid Rosenberg Show. Still to come, we've got famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina. He got an interesting call and had an interesting two-day trip this week. You're not going to want to miss this. Trust me, you are not going to. Don't miss this. I mean, him and I are buddies for 42 years. He's the best defense attorney in the country. And he's got quite a story for you, which will explain something you've heard me talk about. On this show, the last couple of days, Oy. this is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC.
This one here, Ain't Superstitious, another um, duet, if you will, with um, Beck and Rod Stewart. We played People Get Ready a bunch this week. Of course, Beck died two days ago. So we continue the Beck tribute. Lisa Marie Presley died yesterday, but I just don't care. I mean, I felt badly for her mother, Priscilla, and the whole thing, but God, who cares? I should feel badly saying that, but I just I, I have no connection to Lisa Marie Presley. I, I got nothing. She was married to Michael Jackson for 15 minutes. That's the whole thing, I guess. Did her band ever have a really good hit or something, Lewis? Did her band ever? I think they hit a top five uh, well, song at one point. According to uh, Senor Barnyard. Yeah, but they sucked anyway. Yeah, it's honest. just nobody. If her name Terrible. was Smith, you wouldn't. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani will join us at 840. Rudy has a lot to talk about. Coming up at 905, Hall of Fame running back, the all-time leading rusher in NFL history. Also, all-time leading touchdowns in NFL history. The former Dallas Cowboy, Arizona Cardinal, great Emmett Smith. And then Andrew Giuliani will be here at 925, too. But my next guest, best friend of mine for 42 years and has been for many, many years the best defense attorney in the country. He's on this show weekly because he's great. He's my buddy, Joseph Takapina. Joseph, good Friday morning. How are you, pal? I'm great. I mean, I, I, I could have walked home from Madison Square Garden to Westport last night. <laughs> I was so excited. I mean, and by the way, I heard you. I didn't say it was the... Most important hockey game I've ever been to. I said it was the best hockey game. Yeah, I'll sell you. I mean, they went. The, you you sat there for like three hours. They couldn't score a goal. Yeah, but you know, to, to, I've never seen a goal scored at 19 minutes and 59 seconds. I know that's point true. Five. Yeah, point five. I mean, there was less than a second. Well, it would have been great then if you would have just shown up in like uh, with two minutes left in the game, and then that would have been great. You should, you should have taken my offer. <laughs> I wanted to believe me when I moved back into the city this week. You've seen my house. What a mess that is. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but I appreciate I the offer. You, but listen. The garden was never as loud. I, I don't have a voice, as you can probably hear, but the garden was never as loud as it was last night. At oh, they're great. Uh, I was there last Tuesday for the comeback win over Carolina when the Rangers scored three unanswered yeah. in the third period. The garden faithful for the Rangers. They're top-notch. I know you're there. You've got season tickets. So that was a great win last night. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But we have to get to the, uh, the Tacopino week because you called me very, very, very early on Tuesday morning. I was scared to death. I'm like, oh, my God, now what? Very early on, on Tuesday morning, and it turned out to be a very interesting and exciting two days in the life of Joe Tacopina. I don't want to tell the listening audience, you need to do that. What happened on Tuesday and Wednesday? Um, I had good workouts both days. I had uh, right well. <laughs> And, um, you know, I, the, the wheels of justice continued to spin properly, and I was really happy with that, Sid. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you left out uh, one little important part, somebody you may have seen over that uh, two-day period. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, as you, as you know, as some other people have found out, I spent two days in Mar-a-Lago um, with the president, and it was very, very interesting. Uh, the president, his son, uh, Eric, and uh, some others, and it was it was terrific. I mean, I'm speaking to him and and Eric and, and others about um, stepping in to help him in one of his litigations. I, I really obviously can't get into it now until I'm there. Um, but uh, no, it, it was it was it was fascinating, and I got to tell you, very impressive. Well, man, let me ask you: You're a big time New York guy. All kidding aside, I'm not blowing. You're a big time New York guy. You've represented a lot of big time folks: Alex Rodriguez, Leo DiCaprio, Lilo Brancato, all these famous people. But had you ever met or spent any real time with President Trump before? You know, I, I don't recall if I met him like 20 years ago when he was just, you know, a real estate mogul. 
Um, I, I, we had connections, and he mentioned that to me, but I don't, I don't recall. I mean, you know, Sean Hannity is one of my my close friends, and was a client also. And Sean and the president are very, very close. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I met him through Sean. I'm talking about years and years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but no, I've had no significant contact with him in the last two decades, really. It, what's um, funny is, you know, he was on this show with me and Bernard when we first took over for IMIS back in 2018. Our first show doing uh, our first week doing mornings. The president, one year into his into his presidency, came by. He's not been back since. But many years before that, I would see and talk to him all the time. He was on my sports shows with Scott Kaplan. Uh, Mike Tyson fights in Vegas. He was on often. My dad actually had season tickets to the New Jersey Generals. We saw Doug Flutie and Brian Sipe and Herschel Walker play football in New Jersey. So I go back a long ways with the president. And anytime I have spoken to him, he's been so charming and so glib and, and all that stuff. And is that what you took away Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah. I mean, look, obviously there's a level of charisma there that that's, hard to describe. I mean, when, you, when you're with him in person, I mean, he's obviously a very confident individual and, and, and a good storyteller. And, you know, it's, it's, so it was, that was fascinating, of course, but also there's, there's, you know, legal matters and, and there's one in particular, and we're talking about the AG case in, in, in New York where, and I've been on your show, Sid, before I even spoke to anyone from the Trump organization about that case. And I ripped that case because it, it, it's clearly coming from a political opponent, someone who campaigned on trying to get Trump before she had any any access, any evidence about Trump. Right. Um, and but the case is 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 one of the most frivolous I've seen, and uh, it's something I'm very very interested in speaking to him about and, and helping him with. So um, we'll see. Um, we'll see where that goes. Well, um, if he's smart, and I know he is, very very smart. He's going to hire you because you'll be the best at this. So we're going to put you on hold for two seconds, Joe. Sure. The, uh, you know, the president got into trouble for something that the current president did as well. I wonder what that means, you know, moving forward with both of these guys. The Joe Biden document story and another brutal attack in New York. And once again, the Manhattan DA, a sweetheart deal for the bad guy. How does that make sense? The best defense attorney in the country. Friend of mine for 42 years, the great Joseph Takapina. He'll be back right after this. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Elvis Presley for you the day after we find out his daughter Lisa Marie passed away at the age of 40, 54 years old, I should say. Rest in peace. Lisa Marie, the great defense attorney, my dear friend of 42 years, Joseph Takapina, back with me on this uh, Friday morning. So not that long ago, Joe Biden, Joe, is on 60 Minutes, and he is just railing about how irresponsible and what a bad guy Trump is for having documents back in Mar-a-Lago. And as Karma would have it, now a couple of months later, we're finding documents that he cannot declassify, by the way, because he's just the vice president at the time. Everywhere, all over the place. What do you think about the latest with Joe Biden? Yeah, those comments by Biden aged well, huh? That that was really (laughs) terrific. I mean, I I remember him, the outrage, the, the squinting of the eyes, if you could squint them any more than he squints them when he normally has a straight face because his forehead doesn't move. When, when the squinting of the eyes when he was when he was uh, appalled and uh, disgusted by those 
classified documents being in Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, by the way, which is as secure as like probably the White House. Right. I mean, I was there. There are Secret Service agents everywhere. I mean, it's like I mean that that is like a a a, a high secure castle. I mean, you can't do anything in there. It's a fortress, like a garage. Yeah. A garage. With his Corvette, you know, that opens and closes, and they look like boxes of, of garbage in the back of the Corvette. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 those comments age really, really well. And that's, you know, when you, when you think about it, it's the difference between the two scenarios. Look, the Mar-a-Lago documents were not documents of high-level high importance and national security issues. They were not. I mean, that's been, been determined. Um, it's a completely different story with what they've seen so far, what I've heard so far about the Biden documents. And, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. That, not only were they in Joe Biden's garage, but he, he, by the way, I don't know if you saw his response to that yesterday. He kept pointing out that, yeah, they were next to my Corvette. They were next to my Corvette. <laughs> as if the Corvette protected them. Sort yeah. of security measure. <laughs> like, my, yeah, but my Corvette was there. Uh, the Corvette was there. Oh, I mean, and, and then, of course, in the university office at the, the Penn Biden Center, you know, a university, by the way, accepts donations from communist China. And, and that's where the other classified documents were in a in a university office. I mean, unbelievable. Well, yeah, boy, oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy. Yeah. You know? And so here's the story now. There's a special counsel appointed. Right. And 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 Biden's defense attorney or his counsel came up and said basically that the documents were inadvertently misplaced. Well, you know, bad news. That's not a defense to a charge of mishandling classified right. information. Right. Not that's so not a defense. I have one other question for you. Bill O'Reilly said this morning uh, in his uh, morning message, you're right, that's not a defense. And he said, well, wait a second. How can you possibly further any criminal charges for Donald Trump if this guy's doing oh, no, the no, same no, thing? No, 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 no. Donald Trump had a very good day yesterday or the day before, whenever they found these. I mean, that that was basically an, a, 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 an insulation of any notion that there's going to be criminal charges in the Mar-a-Lago case, in my, in my opinion. I mean, two separate independent prosecutors, but how ridiculous would it be if the Biden-run Justice Department charged the political opponent of the current president who right. runs the Justice Department and, and didn't charge him when his information and his the, the facts are surrounding those classified documents appear to be much more egregious. And again, when you have his attorney say, look, for a conviction, federal law requires that the prosecutors have to establish that the defendant was grossly negligent, right? His lawyer said he, mis- he inadvertently misplaced them. Please. That's gross negligence. I mean, there's no need to prove that the accused was trying to harm America. Right. Just that, that he was entrusted with classified information and carelessly or recklessly, you know, disregard the standards for safeguarding it. So it, it doesn't even appear that they're challenging that. Mm. I mean, the locations that they were kept in were unauthorized, unsecure, and he failed to keep track of them. Don't forget, this is when he was vice president. Mm. So this is well, about years and years ago. It's it's uh, it's really unbelievable um, then, then that this this happened. It's, it's it's karma. I also think this was someone inside the Democratic Party trying to put down Joe Biden. Oh, there's no doubt. They were trying to get rid of him, and somebody set him up, and I love it. The Attorney General Merrick Garland finally made a statement yesterday, and he put this special counsel on this. Uh, I, I received something this morning from somebody who said, this guy Robert Hur, he uh, he worked with or was close with, with Rod Rosenstein. That goes back to the Obama administration. So, you know, the, the real detractors are saying this special counsel has ties all over the Democratic Party and ties specifically to people who worked with Biden in that administration. Can you speak on that or not really? 
Now, I, you know, I really can't. I have to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Look, he's a former federal prosecutor. Um, there's the look. Everyone comes from somewhere. Everyone's aligned to some party or another. Everyone. But you know, the whole point when you're a judge, when you're a prosecutor, you know, that stuff has to be laid aside. It has to. It has to. And 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 you know, this guy has a distinguished record as a, a prosecutor, federal prosecutor. And I don't think we could say, okay, he's a pawn or he's. Let's see him do his work first. Let's see where okay. he goes. Um, and, and let's give him the benefit of the doubt before we start you know, tainting him. So my prediction is the Donald Trump Mar-a-Lago thing goes nowhere. The Joe Biden uh, case here with these documents goes nowhere. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of legal work and some really good legal work from some really great attorneys. But I don't believe, and I could be wrong, I don't believe either one of these guys will suffer from this document situation. That's my opinion. I, I think that's I think that's right. I mean, I look, if, if anyone, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm pro one or pro the other or anything like that. I'm just, I'm not. I try to call it like I see it. The Biden situation is much more egregious. It, it's longer. It's He had these documents when he was a private citizen. He was vice president. He didn't even have the authority to declassify them. They were in a garage. It looked like a, a pile of garbage, all that. And much and, and, and potentially much more, much more sensitive documents. Okay? That being said, they're not indicting a sitting president right. on federal no way. criminal offenses. Come no on, way. who are we right. kidding? Who yeah. are we kidding? Yeah. I know, I agree. Uh, one more quickly, Joe, another amazing appearance. I do want to get to this story about Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg offering the sweetheart oh, plea deal. Uh, listen, you've been around a lot of DAs, AGs. I was one. <laughs> That's right, you were one. Uh, fair to say that Alvin Bragg, anti-Semite, racist, all these things aside, is he the worst DA you've ever seen in the history of your profession? I, you know, I, I don't know if I could say that yet. I mean, there's still time to go, but it's just, you know, these self-inflicted wounds that he's committing. The first thing he did wrong, and I've spoke to a lot of prosecutors from that office, was that memo that, you know, here's the, the lay of the land memo, New World Order memo, his first day in office, which basically said, everyone gets a pass. You know, we're going we're gonna to let the, the prison doors open. I mean, that was the worst look ever. And he's tried to come back from that. It's hard to come back from that. And then when you have a situation like this case with this with this brutal anti-Semitic beating of a Jewish man in Midtown, you, you, it makes you sick, sick, because this guy was a obviously an anti-Semite. He was a Muslim with a big Palestine t-shirt on who went there to attack Jews because it was a pro-Israel rally near Broadway and 49th, remember, Sid? He went yep. there with other other, you know, uh, anti-Semites, you know, three men from Staten Island, Muhammad Musa and all these other guys, Fassad Azal, Muhammad something. And, and you know, these guys clearly went there with hate in their mind and their agenda, and they pummeled this this poor, thin little guy. Mm. And it's disgusting mm. to me. And now, look, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I want everyone to get the benefit of the doubt. I want to try and get the best deals possible. But the, the notion that this guy is getting a six-month <laughs> plea deal when, when he brutally attacked, it was part of a brutal attack on someone who was defenseless, and he did it because of, 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 of hate. I mean, it's a hate crime. Okay, so, so you know, these assaults are not just typical assaults. It's not like, you know, you and I are in a bar and we got into a fight with some other guys because they pushed us to spill the beer. Hate crimes are treated differently. Gang assaults, which this also was, are treated differently. These are things that people spend, you know, multiple years upstate for. Rightfully so, by the way, because they're mm-hmm. crimes, and, and we want to discourage that. This guy, and don't forget at his arraignment, do you remember what he said? said I don't know if he No, he, he said, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. He said, I, he he said, I hope. All, I, he he said, yep. He said, I hope Hamas kills all the Jews. He said that, too. So, my God. It, 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 and, and so he's getting six months. It's, 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 mm-hmm. I just don't even know. 
how it's justified. I just don't want yeah. it because he was the sixth guy in or something. I mean, that was, that was the DA's office. He was the sixth guy in. Oh, so he was a coward. So he came when a guy was already down. He started kicking him when he was the sixth guy in. I mean, what? I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting and sends the absolute wrong message. And in the, the climate that we have in New York City, where everyone is so concerned about safety in the streets and crime, when you have a hate crime that's being treated like, uh, you know, a, a misdemeanor bar fight, it's horrible. It's really yep. horrible. And it continues. Heshi Ogenbaum sends me this from the Jewish Voice. Jewish woman slapped by lamping teens after entering Crown Heights store. Joe Takapina, great as always. Congratulations on your visit to uh, President Trump in Mar-a-Lago this week. I imagine we'll get some news on that down the road. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. You're always fantastic. I love you, buddy. Thank you. Okay, brother. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers. Joe Takapina, a lot more to do this hour. Lydia reports and Rudy Giuliani. But it is time for the top of the hour news. She got it for you. My friend, the great Deb Valentine. More of Sitting Friends coming up. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the evening by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Curtis Lee was still out there on 49th Street and uh, 3rd Avenue picketing, holding up a sign, Cancel Culture Club, with my picture on it because I'm considering cutting his appearances on this number one rated program from two days a week to one. Well, because he's just, you know, he goes on at 12 o'clock and he, he does a whole 15-minute wrap-up on our show. And I was told by some of the listeners that he's he's gotten vicious and, and not very nice and I'm really patient for that. I told you, you woke me up during my nap the other day, and I was furious. So then I came in. I said, that's it. He's down to one day. But then today he was saying how great I was. So now I have to, I guess, keep him two days. I don't know. Yeah, that was easy. Oh, I, just, I just feel so, like, like shallow that, to think that somebody could just compliment me, and that would be enough to, you know, to, to keep him on for two days. When, when the truth is, he's done some, he said some really nasty stuff. and then you- he. Have you met yourself? No. Did you know? You're not surprised? No, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I'm blown away. <laughs> Shut up, Lou. Oh, god. my God. Wow, I've never seen such a display of uh, you know, caving to, in. You know, I used to love you. There was a time I really did love you. <laughs> what do you want me to do? No, yes, and I'm shocked. Oh, mm. well, I can't believe it. Here's Some... what Joseph Takapina just sent me. He said, um, what an awesome appearance. I love coming on your show. You're insane, better than Imus ever was. I mean that. Thank you. Joe Tacopina. He's a true friend. And he is a good friend. What do you mean by that? You mean he's just saying that because he's my friend because it's not true? I mean, what, 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 are you, what, what are you in the analyzation business? Well, I'm just saying. I can't the way, say anything to you. Well, you're but you're implying really... that clearly the friendship is why he said that, and, and the content, which he's right about. Is uh, you don't really buy that? Or? No, there's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, oh. Uh, oh. things that go along with being a friend. Is he supporting you? Right. 
And that's a, and he doesn't. Did he have to say that? He, did no, he, he did not. There was nothing even that provoked him to say something I like mean, that. I feel like you should be on the couch in front of me, but, you know, <laughs> with soft light rock music playing. Yeah. Yes, he's a true friend. It's nice to see. He's what he's saying is genuine, right? But not but true. That's... But you, but you're implying it's not true. Oh, I give Phil. If you got that gun with the bullet in it, just. <laughs> No, it's not true at all. He's saying it only because you've been friends for 50 years. That's no, right. he's saying he actually means it. But, but what I'm getting from you is is that you're saying he just said it because we're friends and there's nothing truthful about the content. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I, Clearly, I, I mean, I, I've got nothing. You don't got to be a, a, a shrink to figure that out. You're going to be Sigmund Freud. No, you don't have to be one shrink. You have to be 18 shrinks <laughs> with you. It's not one. Well, Sid, you are in a position where people could easily lie to you just, to, you know, to appease to you. To benefit them in some way. Do you do, don't you do that with people? All the do, time. Okay, got no. it. Do with Mayor Eric Adams. You're a witness. No, no, I don't do it with Mayor Eric Adams. I genuinely appreciate the no. mayor and think he's... No. I don't? No. I don't think okay, so. Okay, so let me ask you this. I'm friends with the mayor White, so I can feed the homeless, so I can pay for dinner, so I can get Ranger tickets from somebody else? No, you want to own the city. You want to fix... One, I own the city the already, city. bitch. This is one step closer to buying the city. Didn't you want to fix the city? Didn't you say that? Well, I am helping fix the city. That's right. why I'm friends with the mayor. Oh, I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not looking it. for for, for Broadway tickets. I got it. I didn't say. But you it know. wouldn't hurt if you gave them to you, right? right? And uh, well, I do need tickets for uh, that Juliet and the Romeo show for my wife. She has to ask about that. But. Some uh, calamari wouldn't hurt. So Takapina ended up at uh, Mar-a-Lago this week, and Donald Trump is going to hire him. And uh, well, I guess you kind of figured out that's why the president will be on this show next week. <laughs> Easy to figure that one out, right? I mean, and I'm just waiting for his uh, comms guy to um to call me today. It's supposed to be today. Here's uh, my wife. You know, she pays attention. She goes, "What time is Takapina coming on?" <laughs> it's Danielle. She loves the show. <laughs> now, now that's another true friend. <laughs> yeah. What time is Tac on? Well, it was just on. So, well, she's busy too. She's a lawyer too. My wife, you know. She's got things to do. Yeah. Unlike and us. a very successful attorney. So Donald Trump, uh, the aforementioned Trump, was on with Mark Levin last night. The great one. They have a great uh, relationship. Those two guys. And he talked about all this Joe Biden stuff. And I love when we play Trump audio. So we'll do it right now. Let's see. Um, he's talking about on Levin about uh, unlike Biden, he was allowed to declassify documents. Donald Trump, because he was the president. So Lou Rufino, this would be cut number twenty. If you look at uh, all of the different legislation that's been passed over the years, I mean, you, we're supposed to be dealing with them and talking to them. We were doing that. All of a sudden, they raid Mar-a-Lago, and we had it secure. Look, Mar-a-Lago, you know Mar-a-Lago. It's a very secure place to start Absolutely. off with. But the Presidential Records Act, if you take a look at the Presidential Records Act, that's there to protect the president and also the country. And I fall under that. Plus, I have the right, as you know, to declassify documents, and the vice president doesn't have that right, has mm-hmm. no rights to do that. He comes under the Federal Records Act. That's a very, very strict act, whereas the Presidential Records Act is very much different. And we were living up to that, and then all of a sudden we got raided, I guess for publicity reasons, but I don't think that publicity worked out very well for them. And now they're starting to find all of these highly classified, not just classified, highly classified documents. And if you look at the picture of him in the Corvette and take a look behind it in the garage, <laughs> they got papers strewn all over the place. It's a mess of all the papers. Oh I've God. never seen anything like it. That's funny. And I've heard before that Barack Obama has like boxes and boxes of documents. No one's made a big deal about it because, oh, this is nothing new. 
President Trump made that point with Mark Levin last night as well. Lewis, this is cut number 22. I landed before 11 o'clock. We were in Mar-a-Lago shortly thereafter. I was still president of the United States, I believe, until 12 o'clock. And I was in there. That's a big difference, too. And we were allowed to take this. Uh, Many presidents took things with them. Uh, Clinton took. And in fact, he won a case called the Sox case. (laughs) They were taking it out in Sox. But Clinton took and Nixon took. They actually paid Nixon, I think, $18 million Uh for the things he took. He sued them and they ended up paying. And I think that's really how the Presidential Records Act came about. Uh, Uh But if you take a look at Bush and Bush, uh, they took, they all took. But what I take, it's uh, a little bit different. And what I took, I took, I was allowed to take. And again, the president has the right to declassify uh, Uh all sorts of rights that a vice president doesn't have. It gets even worse because guess who owned the house where they found some of the documents? That's right, Joe Biden's degenerate son. Not because he's in recovery, so am I. But because of his business dealings on top of it, his degenerate son, who should be indicted and imprisoned, Hunter Biden, owned the house. Feel safe now? Donald Trump, cut number 21. Uh, It just got announced that Hunter Biden is the actual owner of this house, Hunter Biden. And you know what? his reputation is and uh, the problems he's had over the years. So it's a, it's a disgraceful situation. Uh, they appointed a Trump-hating prosecutor, hates to a level like you wouldn't believe, his wife, his sister-in-law, all of his friends, all the big Trump-haters. And this guy is, uh, you know, really Smith. an atrocious Trump-hater. And the man they appointed as the special, I call it prosecutor in my case, the special counsel in the other case, is a much different type of person. So you just heard Joe Tacopina on the show say he just spent two days with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, and he talked about the security there. He said, Sid, it's tighter than the White House. Secret Service guys everywhere, unlike the House with the Corvette and boxes everywhere that Hunter Biden owns. This is, once again, Donald Trump with the great one, Mark Levin, on 77 WABC last night. Cut number 23. You know, Mar-a-Lago is built like a, a fort. It is. You know, Mar-a-Lago was supposed to be Marjorie Merriweather Pust, E.F. Hutton built it. And they built it really as the Southern White House that uh, was gifted to Washington. It was actually built because of its security. It's got high walls all over. It was built because of the security. And on top of that, we have the Secret Service here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a very well-guarded situation, whereas... You look at where they're finding these documents in an office with no security or in a garage with absolutely no security in a house that wasn't even owned by him, that was owned by Hunter. And I think you're going to find a lot more because in Delaware, I understand, they have a tremendous sash of documents. And I'm sure when you look at that, you're going to find documents that you didn't even believe. And we've talked so much, even when Man Bernard was here, about how compromised this president is, you know, the... The House is going to maybe one day impeach him. We don't know. Uh, the, the, the What it comes down to is can they prove that Hunter Biden's dealings in China, the Ukraine, Russia, ended up putting money into Joe Biden's account? And we know from Miranda Devine and Bobolinsky and Tucker Carlson that he was a big guy. A lot harder to prove that in court than it is on Fox News. But if they can 
That'll be the end of Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, I think, overall. But uh, as Donald Trump said here yesterday with Mark Levin, you know, if China wanted to pay the Biden family a couple of bucks, they can have any document they want. This is Donald Trump, cut number 24. The biggest problem, Mark, is it's China. China gave $55 million mm-hmm. to the University of Pennsylvania, where I went. I went to the Wharton School of Finance at Penn. And, uh, you know, I'm disappointed in them as a school. But China was paying through that money. Uh, Biden got a million dollars a year for a think tank, mm-hmm. if you can believe it. So they paid Biden a million dollars a year out of the money that China gave. Now, if China wants to see those documents, I'm sure they would say, come on, let me show you. <laughs> I think Donald Trump is right. Anyway, there he is. That was courtesy of Mark Levin, the great one right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC last night. And the President Trump is set to join me either Thursday or Friday next week. When I've got the details, I'll either tell you here or on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Twitter or Facebook, you'll be the first to find out. Lots more to do, but a great show already, really, from Marlena Chavo to Dove Hikind to Joseph Takapina to Bruce Blakeman to Curtis Sliwa, who's picketing as we speak. Still to come, both Giuliani's, Rudy at 8.40 and Andrew at 9.25 and Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith. All that on the Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC. Must be the gypsy in their soul. They have a need to rock and roll. They always will. They're out there still. They're night owls. Wake up, you liberals. is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, remember how the Biden administration, you know, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission and even Governor Hochul and all these other Democratic leaders, they're now pushing to possibly ban gas stoves reportedly out of concern for the environment and people's personal health. So they were citing this one study that found that emissions from stoves increased asthma, impaired cognitive function in young children could even cause cancer. Well, when you take a closer look at the actual study, the actual paper, you find it says it right there at the bottom of it that it was funded by RMI. So what's RMI? It's the Rocky Mountain Institute. And this is a World Economic Forum partner. World Economic Forum is a bunch of uh, leaders getting together as we speak right now in Switzerland about the environment and everything. So this RMI, Rocky Mountain Institute, makes money off of a cons- of consulting on low carbon solutions and pushing green energy transitions. So think of, so anytime you see these studies, make sure you go to the bottom, you see who is funding it and look who's funding it, an organization that makes money off of making deals with these green energy partners. So 
obviously there is an incentive here yeah. to say stoves are bad when you're making money off of electric cars and solar panels and of all course. this other green That's why everybody always says, when you really want to know the politics or the story, just follow the money. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not come on a couple of days ago and do this story, and it was not the federal government, it was Kathy Hochul here in New York, yes? Well, Kathy... Kathy Hochul is also jumping on it in her state of the state address. She mentioned it. She says she want, possibly wants to out get rid of gas stoves in restaurants. All the restaurants are now in an uproar because it would cost millions. First of all, the restaurants can't even cook on gas stoves. What would, would, would take them like a, you know, 20 minutes to cook something on electric would take forever. And then taking a gas stove and converting it to electric. But she wants, I think I was reading by like 2035 to have all buildings that are being built or anything being built to have it be all green energy. So no gas whatsoever, all electric. She has totally jumped on this like radical left green agenda. It's disgusting. Wow. Uh, not surprising to me. And, and again, like you said, you just follow the money. Uh, bottom line is a lot of these decisions are all about money. They, they don't care about safety. They don't care about efficiency. None of that. If somebody can make some money, then, uh, then we've got a deal. So no surprise. I was reading this article and it said that how do you know somebody's lying to you whenever they say to you, trust me, or <laughs> yeah. in all honesty, right? right? Well, you know, people, people, people go, are, people, people are like, you know, I'll be honest. They go, oh, wait a second. Uh, uh, do you usually lie to me? When you, when you start off the sentence by going, I'll be honest, do you usually lie? <laughs> right. Exactly. Or, you know, anytime people say stuff like that, it's like, hmm, then yeah, you're, you're full of it because I would already know that. So the Biden administration came out from the beginning. They said, we're going to be so transparent. That was right there, uh, a, a red tarp. I don't even want to say a red flag, a red tarp <laughs> that these people were going to lie to us. So Karine Jean-Pierre, she was questioned about, so, you know, these Biden classified documents, we're all talking about everything. Yeah. They were found, the second batch was found on December 20th. I mean, they, they it's, the first batch was found two months ago. So then a reporter asked KJP, you know, the White House press secretary, why you guys say you're going to be transparent. So take a listen to the exchange. Attorney General, he said shortly after the documents were uh, discovered, uh, they, they that we did outreach. Uh, the president's lawyers did outreach uh, to uh, to the Department of Justice and archivists. Questioning that—that's not what we're asking about. We're asking about. I'm telling you that there's a process. I just laid out what the process is. Wow, um, she did not lay out anything. She did not lay out any process. Thank God for Peter Ducey, who's become a real American hero in media. And I said this a couple of days ago. Say what you want about Jen Psaki. She's now at MSNBC. You hated it, what she did. She was so good at her job. She was so effective. She was actually smart. This girl just can't handle this. And Peter Ducey kills her every time. Every time. Yeah, and then another reporter is like, listen, you're saying you're following a process, but why didn't you let us know what was going on? Right. Clearly, they didn't want anybody to know right before the midterm election. Exactly either. right. I mean, that was it. You, you just nailed it. Months. You just nailed yeah. it. It was right, right before, literally, the midterms. They kept it quiet. Yes. That's what they do. They, they're so full of it. And then instead of answering the question when she can't, she's like, oh, let me get another one. Let me answer another question. And then now there's talk about where they found these documents, the Corvette in the garage. People, I mean, it has to be confirmed, but people are putting up like, I don't know how they got it. Supposedly Hunter Biden's license. And it says that he was living at this exact address. Well, according, Biden, according to what Donald Trump, I just played it on Mark Levin show on this station last night. Hunter Biden owns the house. Hunter Biden owns it. If you, if you missed it, 
Play this up one more time for Lydia Lou. It would be uh, number 21, Trump on the VIN last night, talking about what uh, Lydia just brought up, Trump 21. Uh, it just got announced that Hunter Biden is the actual owner of this house, Hunter Biden. And you know what his reputation is and uh, the problems he's had over the years. So it's a, it's a disgraceful situation. Uh, they appointed a Trump-hating prosecutor, hates to a level like you wouldn't believe his wife, his sister-in-law, all of his friends, all the big Trump haters. And this guy is, uh, you know, uh, really Smith. an atrocious Trump hater. And the man they appointed as the special, I call it prosecutor in my case, the special counsel in the other case, is a much different type of person. So there you have it, Donald Trump stating there, again, courtesy Mark Levin, 77 WABC last night, Hunter Biden owns the house. The house. He's under investigation since 2019 because of all of his dealings overseas and everything. Where's the uh, Biden's garage or these other U Pen think tank and all? The, why these are crime scenes? Because think about it, he's the vice president. He had no business taking any documents home. Actually, the president. You look at all the documents. The president. Yeah, Trump we're losing is accused of taking Sorry, but you're you're going in and out, Lydia. It's a great report as always. Great report, but we're losing you. We're only getting every other word. But you're right. I mean, at least the president can declassify. Donald Trump made that point on Mark Levin's show last night as well. The president can declassify, and all these presidents from Clinton to Obama to Nixon, all had boxes of stuff at their residences when they left. D.C. They can declassify Joe Biden, who supposedly had stuff on Ukraine, Russia. He can't do that. So, as always, Lydia, thank you very much. You can catch Lydia every weekday afternoon at 5 p.m. alongside my main man, John Katsimatidis. That great show, Cats at Night, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. Follow Lydia on Instagram at Lydia News 1 and on Twitter at Lydia News. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. You know, Mar-a-Lago is built like a, a fort. It is. You know, Mar-a-Lago was supposed to be Marjorie Merriweather Pust, E.F. Hutton built it. And they built it really as the Southern White House that uh, was gifted to Washington. It was actually built because of its security. It's got high walls all over. It was built because of the security. And on top of that, we have the Secret Service here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a very well-guarded situation, whereas you look at where they're finding these documents in an office with no security or in a garage with absolutely no security in a house that wasn't even owned by him, that was owned by Hunter. And I think you're going to find a lot more because in Delaware, I understand, they have a tremendous stash of documents. And I'm sure when you look at that, you're going to find documents that you didn't even believe. Donald Trump on Mark Levin's show last night here on ABC. The president will join me either Thursday or Friday. I'm waiting to hear back from... His comms director or um, Boris Epstein sometime today. I don't know. But uh, Trump will join me sometime late next week. But that was a great conversation he had with Mark Levin last night. Somebody who speaks to Donald Trump all the time, all the time, is Rudy Giuliani, who, of course, uh, to this day is the greatest mayor in the history of the country, the greatest New York politician ever. 
and does a great job 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon on this radio station. Here he is, as he is usually once a week, my dear friend, Rudy Giuliani. Good morning, Rudy. How are you, pal? I'm good, Sid. Hey, Sid, any way I can get invited uh, to watch the game with my son and you? (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? He said you're going to be there. He goes, because I'm... Oh, I am. Yes? I called him yesterday. He hasn't called me back yet. Well, he's going to be. I sound like my mother. I sound like my, my father now. Yeah. My father used to call me. He would never say, You're not calling me. He would say, You're not calling your mother. Yeah, he's coming in. You're not calling your mother. Right. He's coming in this morning, Andrew, so he's going to yeah, stop I, in the studio at about 9 25. But he did invite me, and I'm sure you'll be there Sunday afternoon. He's a great kid. You know yeah, how much yeah. I love him. He's a great kid. Uh, you heard Donald Trump there talking to Mark Levin about the fortress. That is Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> you know, I was I, I was in Florida for about 12, eleven days. So I got to see him a lot, and we had a good long like two hour period together, which we haven't had in a while. We've had short periods together, but uh, I got to tell you, I'm amazed at, at his state of mind. Said, I mean, I, the, what the guy's going through. Uh, I was going over the you know, different situations with him, and yeah, when it gets you down, they're going after you for so many stupid things, and. He says, well, I, you know, it doesn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I, I don't, you know, they're going to find out, like they always do, they didn't break the law. I don't, you know, I try not to break the law. <laughs> he's like, he's so simple about it. <laughs> and, you know, honest, uh, you think about it. The guy's tax returns for 20 years are put out, right? Now, he, he uh, took advantage of, they call them loopholes, but they're legal strategies. It's a legal strategy that I'm, as a lawyer, I'm obligated to explain to you if you're my client, right? To save money with what we're supposed to be doing. They couldn't find a single crime or an ethical thing that he did with 20 years of tax returns. I can't imagine there's a guy in the construction business in New York City. Please don't get angry at me. Please contribute to me. And don't get angry at my son because he has the future. But there isn't a guy in the construction business that has as clean a record as he has. Not, Not even close. Meanwhile, this other guy is a lifetime criminal. That's true. And the good news is, Rudy, and uh, by the way, you're also kind of in the same boat. I mean, they come after you for all kinds of nonsense almost every week. There's another lawsuit levied at my friend Rudy Giuliani, so you know what Trump's going through. Uh, but but the best thing, uh, I had Joe Tacopina on earlier, and Joe actually flew down to Mar-a-Lago, Rudy, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. He sat with President Trump, Eric, and others, and he's probably going to get involved in some case with Trump. I'm not going to talk about it yet, but the, the truth is, yeah. is that what happened with Biden this week on this whole document thing, that's the best thing that could have happened to Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a terrible thing for the country, I, but it's, it's, it is. And it's all, we should have actually predicted it. Do you realize how often uh, they, we, meaning him, me, and his uh, uh, associates and friends, get accused falsely of things they did? <laughs> Think about it. Russian collusion. No Russian collusion. That they did Ukrainian collusion. Right. Uh, he yeah. was accused of having bribed the president of Ukraine, and they completely phonied up the conversation. The conversation they used was Biden's conversation <laughs> with the president of Ukraine. <laughs> we can get accused of what they did. Yeah. And now, you know, look, he was the president leaving the White House. They always take papers with them to sort through them. Biden, I mean, Obama, the White House so he could digitize it. <laughs> uh, 
he is absolutely right. I mean, I made this point right at the beginning. Mar-a-Lago is as secure as the White House, like pretty, pretty close to. First of all, you just don't get in. There's as much security there as there is at the White House. The Secret Service and his own private security. Second, you don't get you don't get to walk around the private rooms. Even I don't. When I was his lawyer, I'd, I'd have pretty much completely open to me all the public places and the office place. I wanted to go into one of the private rooms. Somebody had to unlock it for me. Mm. I'd have to I'd have to tell him I'm going in. Wow. No, he said that last night. He said it's it's an absolute fortress. You know, there is a school of thought out there, Rudy, the great Rudy Giuliani. Check him out at 3 o'clock this afternoon. There is a school of thought that this whole Biden thing was actually set up by a Democrat, that the Democrats want this guy out of office so badly that they're the ones who exposed this document story with Joe Biden. You believe that? Uh, I don't. I, let me say I don't not believe it if that's a, if that's correct English. Yep. Uh, that is a double negative. But in any event, uh, <laughs> I can't reject it. You know, it's a possible. It's a strong possibility. And because um, I I really did hear a couple of weeks ago, and this is when I was in Florida and I saw some Democrats that were willing to talk to me. Um, <laughs> they were very very concerned when he did the thing about his uh, father and uncle. And, of course, the press didn't pay much attention to it, that he gave the uncle the Purple Heart in the White House after he was vice president. The uncle had been dead for five years, and his father, who asked him, had been dead for six years. And then he repeated it after he was told it wasn't so. So they were very concerned that he's getting delusional and that he could just pop. You know, when you have that illness— uh, and I, I feel terrible for anybody who has it, probably even him. But when you have that illness, you could just wake up one morning and you can't talk anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. So imagine if the president of the United States walked out, and uh, it would really fall down hard on the Democrat Party if it happened that way. They could they get blamed for what they should have been get, get they should get blamed for the fraud that they used to elect him. And uh, so they, they want him out. And I think they're willing to live with Harris if they have to. Yeah, they are. Uh, let me ask you about this uh, special counsel, Woody Giuliani. I've heard rumors that this guy has had relationships with Rod Rosenstein and Obama. I don't know if any of that is true. What do you think about the special counsel that Merrick Garland appointed to uh, to this Biden case? I can't believe that Merrick Garland would make a on the merits appointment. And not a guy he has some control of. I think Merrick Garland is one of the most crooked guys in Washington. And uh, he got his – nobody points out that his son-in-law is making a fortune teaching kids uh, to doubt their sexuality. Hmm. I mean, he's one of the big companies that sells material to schools so that you question your, your, your gender. Meanwhile, wow. meanwhile, the old man is calling parents who object to that terrorist. Helps business, doesn't it? Hmm. It does. These guys, well, you know, if you look really carefully, Sid, they're all under the money. You don't have a patriot there. Who could sit at a cabinet meeting with Dodo and not, as an American, say, I got to get this guy out of here for the good of the country. I got to use the 25th Amendment. I don't care if he's mad at me or. Oh, you're right. And, and uh, they, they said bring that up with Donald Trump, which made no sense, Judy, because he was fine. But with Joe Biden, the 25th Amendment seems to make a lot of sense. We'll take a short break. We're going to come right back with the man himself, the man, the great Rudy Giuliani, with Sitting Friends in the Morning. We'll be right back.
Back here with the great Rudy Giuliani. So, Rudy, I had uh, Joe Tacopina on earlier, a great lawyer like you are. And uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I said, here's what I think, okay? I think at the end of the day, they're not going to indict a sitting president, so Biden is not going to get into a ton of trouble for this. And I also think it's going to go away for Donald Trump, too, because you can't, you know, you can't do something to Trump and not Biden. So my feeling is both Biden and Trump will skate with very little heat from this document story. What does Rudy Giuliani think? Yeah, I think you're on the money, Sid. Uh, and, you know, and it's the right thing. Uh, the, the truth is, neither, uh, neither one of them did anything terrible. Uh, the presidents have been doing this for time immemorial. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Obama still doesn't have classified documents yet. He's never actually digitized his papers than he was supposed to. Uh, he probably gave them back. They probably, he probably gave them back, and so did Bush. But they all do it. And, and, a lot, and a lot of the stuff that's classified is, you know, I call my brother on the phone. <laughs> so they, they over-classify in Washington. Everything is classified. Yeah. No harm was done to the country. Uh, the, the thing that makes the Biden thing so serious is how hypocritical he is. Right. I mean, here he was. He, he, uh, the only thing I can say is he probably doesn't remember a lot of this stuff. So there he is criticizing uh, Trump. He probably doesn't remember. He did the same thing. I think Bill O'Reilly said the same thing on the show yesterday. He's, you know, because I, I said I have very little apathy for Joe Biden, Rudy. I said the word I use is disdain. I've got more disdain than apathy. And Bill was like, I get it, but you got to understand he really doesn't have full control. And he probably forgot he even had that stuff in the first place. He said what you said just now. Imagine representing him and you go and you sit with him and say, do you remember uh, the paper that you took? You're going to look at you like, uh, you know, <laughs> mummy. It's terrible. It's going to be like talking to mummy. Yeah, it's terrible. terrible. I mean, come on. Yeah. And also, remember that, uh, just remember the front page of the Today's Post and look at where the papers were. They weren't even in a drawer. They were sitting on a table next to his, next to his uh, Corvette. Yep. They're on a table. out. You can look in the w- window of the garage, or if it has a window, I'm not even sure. But you can see it's sitting right out there. And it gets even worse. That Corvette and those papers in that garage, it turns out that Trump told Mark Levin last night on this station that house is owned by Hunter Biden. Well, do you remember what I, last time I was on, I read you the text that says I paid for all the expenses of the family yes. for the last 30 yes. years? Yes. He, he, bought all the, he bought all the homes. Wow. He bought all the homes. So when they is he going to get, in, Rudy, when is he going to get indicted, Hunter? When the moon shines green. <laughs> <laughs> when we get an honest attorney general. And they're probably going to give him, you know, uh, some kind of traffic violation. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, you're right. I know. It's hard it's to just... how crooked they are. It uh, really is. It's yeah. hard to believe how crooked they are. Ah, oh, man, you are you are so good. I love when you come on on Fridays, Rudy. You're doing a great job at 3 o'clock. The greatest politician in New York ever and a treasure on my show, too. Thank you for coming on this morning. I'll see you Sunday in Lower Manhattan watching the Giants. Giants. Okay. Take care. There he is, my dear friend, Rudy Giuliani. Check him out 3 o'clock every week. They have known his son, Andrew. We're going to stop by here. I'm going to talk to Hall of Fame running back from the Dallas Cowboys, Emmett Smith, coming up next. That's a great conversation. Then Andrew, and then Sid's take. Your chance at cash and prizes, thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. A very exciting fourth and final hour, and the final hour of the week, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, about to come your way.
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Back here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, and my next guest is a guy that over the years I've gotten to know very well between Super Bowls and Lake Tahoe golf events. I hated his guts when he ran the football against my Giants. I'm sick of seeing him Monday night scoring touchdowns. Then I get to know the guy, and it turns out he's not just the NFL's all-time leading rusher, but he's a super guy, and he still is the NFL's all-time leading rusher with well over 18,000 yards, and he's got a touchdown rushing record. No one's going to come close, come close. He is the Cal Ripken of football. All his stats are safe the great number 22, Emmett Smith. Emmett, it's great to see you again, Great pal. seeing you as well. Thank you. You know, uh, one of my greatest uh, Super Bowl stories, and I do politics here now and news mostly. I'm out of sports. But I covered like 16 Super Bowls. So I'm in New Orleans years ago. Kaepernick's 49ers are playing the Ravens with Joe mm-hmm. Flacco. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sick as a dog. And I actually had my doctor from Delray Beach fly down two days early to give me a Z-Pack. You're on the air, and you're like, what's up, man? I go, not feeling well, bro. You go, you go to me, you go, I know exactly what you need. I go, okay, Dr. Emmett, you tell me what I need. You go, you need a hot toddy. I go, Emmett, I'm in recovery. I stopped <laughs> drinking years ago. What I did on the field puts Michael Irvin to shame, trust me. <laughs> and you said to me, quote, you go, you want to get better or not? So the show ended, and I went to the bar, and I had not one, not two, but three hot toddies. And I can tell you this, I have no idea if I felt any better but I was hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to get you hammered. I mean, I, how did you make your hot towel? Let's talk about that first. I, I, you, you actually gave me the ingredients, right. and I gave it to the bartender, and it tasted delicious, by the yeah. way. Oh, my God, it's great. Because you put honey at the bottom of it. You told me to do that. Yeah, you take a shot of uh, whether it's, 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 it can be brown liquor, it can be tequila, you can take a shot of it. And you pour it in the bottom of it, and then you put the hot water in the tea, and then you stir it up, and just you drink it. Yeah, it was great. It so was great. It's, it's not like you're drinking a lot of liquor because some well, of the. Yeah, you have three or four of them. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I may have chased it with a shot of Jack. I forgot. I don't know. Well, but <laughs> most of the time when I make mine, I put my, my, my uh, liquor into the pot of boiling water. Oh. So that it actually dissipates a little bit. Exactly. It, right. It brings right. it down a little bit. Right. That's so, smart. So th- but you didn't tell me to do that. So. No, well, <laughs> I just told you to make a hot toddy. You were actually there that, you know, never forget, you were dealing with people with the gout. Yes. You remember that? Yes. The gout? Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, But now this year at the Super Bowl, you, you have uh, Bounty. Yes. And uh, the whole stick is, is that guys, they eat wings during the playoffs. You know, you know what know, it's I, like. I've done it, yeah. So you and Gronk, uh, yeah. Rob Gronkowski, claim that the only way to clean up a wing mess is with Bounty. The quicker picker up, baby. Why? Yeah. Is, there, is there another way? I mean, when you think about wings, you cannot have football without wings, and you cannot have wings without bounty. It's because true. any other things that you use is going to stick to your fingertips because the, the uh, residue of the, the juices and the sauces and everything is going to be on your fingertips. You're going to try to wipe it off with some kind of thing that just doesn't work, and you're going to have the tissue still on your fingers. But you use bounty, hey, you got smooth fingers, baby. You know, I'll tell you something, Emmett. be honest with you. I have no issue going to stores and buying generic products. Mm-hmm. I don't. Right. There are two things I never buy generic. Toilet tissue. Charmin, because <laughs> my butt deserves the best. <laughs> and Bounty. Yes. I have 90 rolls of Bounty in my house, like 90 <laughs> rolls. You're exactly right. There's, n- there's no comparison. I can't even think of another company. You spill something on, on the table. Wipe it off with Bounty. Yeah. You spill something on the floor. 
Wipe it off with Bounty. Right. You got stuff on your fingers. Wipe it off with Bounty. You're 100% right. So do you get like a lifetime supply of Bounty now? Because I'm negotiating that right now. <laughs> Great. Remember, folks, if you're having wings and goodies and all that good stuff, because the playoffs do start this weekend. Yes, back yes. here in New York, we're taking personal interest. I know your Dallas Cowboys play Monday night, but my Giants will take on the Vikings on Sunday afternoon. And we've been a bad team, I mean, as you know, for a long time. And in comes Brian Dable. And Brian Dable's won a lot of championships as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Never head coach before. Year one with the Giants, nine wins. Wild card game against the Minnesota Vikings. So here in New York, we're very excited. Congratulations, because it's been a minute. Yeah. A long minute. Congratulations. I mean, that's what's in the order right now for New York, because you guys have earned the right to get into the playoff. And once you get into the playoff, anything is possible. It's not like you're not accustomed to being in a wild card position before, because you did that and went straight to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if your team is that caliber yet, but to be where you are right now, Kudos. I think you're right. We're not there yet. Uh, you know, the kid Daniel Jones, I think, showed this year he can play in this league. Uh, but you got to start somewhere, right. right? I mean, I remember when Jimmy got to Dallas, and uh, I don't know if you were there yet or not. I guess Troy got there first. It was a one-win season. 1-15. One, one right. 89. And then, and then uh, God uh, gave you Herschel Walker, and the next thing you know, you won Super Bowls every year. <laughs> I'm the greatest trade ever in the history exactly. of sports. Exactly. Thanks you. Thank you, Herschel. <laughs> But you did start with just one win, right. and then that, of course, that great trio, you, right. uh, Michael. I, you know, I say that. I felt badly leaving out guys like Novacek and Johnston, and your offensive lines, right, right. as great as you were, and, and, and I think you're, you're probably the greatest running back of all time. Your offensive lines were ridiculous, I mean. Our offensive line uh, was, was hella good. Let me just put it that way. So good. I mean, we really were, and we developed – over, because 89 offensive line was a little different than 90 offensive line. 90 offensive line was completely different than 91. Oh. 91's uh, was, we replaced some guys in 89, replaced two or three guys, and then we settled in on on the guys like Mark Tuanay, yeah. uh, Mark Stepnoski, um, Eric Williams. Williams got in there, Nate Newton was there, and then we had Kevin Gogan, and also we had uh, John Giesick. Uh, just just to name a few. Uh, but that year is when everything started to take off when North Turner came in and brought a simpler system to in place. And so from there, we took off. Yeah, you guys were uh, something else to watch. You really were. And now this Dallas team, you know, all these Dallas teams for years, Tony Romo, now Dak Prescott, trying to live up to you guys. Good luck with that. And <laughs> Dak did not end the season well in right. Washington on Sunday. I don't put too much emphasis on that. Uh, the Commanders had a good game plan that day. So people are saying, oh, the Dallas Cowboys are done. Be careful. They scored a lot of points this year. But it is Dak up against Tom Brady. What could be Brady's last game Monday night. Pretty cool matchup. It is a pretty cool matchup, but, you know, I understand where people are coming from in terms of watching the Cowboys finish the way we did against the Commanders. Um, I was disappointed myself completely, uh, which was a clear indication that we were not mentally, physically, or emotionally ready to be play that game. Does that go back to Mike McCarthy? I think it does. Really? I think the head coach sets the tempo. I think... He's he's the one who leads the squad and makes sure that the squad is prepared, and then that trickles down into the to the offensive coordinators uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, and special teams guy. And so when you have your special teams, that's my guy, that John, have John not, Basel, By the yeah, way, that's impossible. When your son. special teams have not made major mistakes the whole entire season, and you get to the last game of the season, 
a game that doesn't mean much, and you make two bonehead mistakes, mm. that's a clear indication that they weren't really focusing on the things that they need to be focused on. That's a fair critique, but I will say this, Emmett, for your teams. Jimmy comes, and you talked about Norv. You had a great coaching staff. You guys won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The thought was it didn't matter. And when Barry Switzer came in, and yes, Barry's got a super, and I got, listen, Barry was a great college coach, Oklahoma, Brian Bosworth. He comes in, he knows nothing about the NFL, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Right. So I'm not sure that for every given occasion, for every team, that the head coach has to be great for the team to succeed. It doesn't have to be great. But what he has to do is make sure that they stay focused. Did he and make do that? Sure Was Barry like that with you? I'm, I'm curious. No, just... I mean, Barry, Barry's one of those kind of guys like, listen. Did he even come to the games on Sunday? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Barry's one of those kind of guys like, like, listen, there's nothing I can say to you on game day to get you ready to go play. You should, you're a professional athlete. You ought to handle this job as a professional athlete. This is your job. You make, you're going to make more money here than you will any other place. So you need to come prepare on your own. There's nothing I can say in five minutes before you walk out of that locker room that's going to get you ready to prepare and get you ready to play. So I understand that. In other words, grow up. Yeah. Be a professional athlete. Be mature about your, your role and your position and where you are in life and the money that you're making doing what you love to do. Yeah. You shouldn't have to rely on me to do that. I got coaches that's getting you prepared to play week in and week out. At the end of the day, come game day, if you're not emotionally charged or mostly focused – ready to go out here and compete against somebody that's trying to take something from you, that's on you. That's fair. Hall of Fame running back, the all-time leading rusher, touchdowns, yardage, and an overall super guy, my friend Emmett Smith, uh, out there with uh, Bounty, him and Rob Gronkowski. Make sure up your Super Bowl parties, no matter what. I've got kids, too. You have Bounty in the house. It is the quicker picker-upper. you got to have it to your point. So I told you earlier before we started this conversation, no one's ever going to catch your records. You are right now 10,000 yards ahead of the leading active rusher, Derrick Henry. He ain't getting 10 more. You're like 90 touchdowns. I think AP's 19 behind you. So everybody throws the football. Like, they make a big deal about Mahomes throwing for 5,000 yards. Right. That would be a big deal if you had Emmitt Smith in the backfield. But they don't really run the football anymore. Do you right. like the, the NFL today compared to when you played? No, not really. Not really. The, to me, the game has shifted to appease not only the odds makers, and also appease the fantasy football lover. Yeah. People are more apt about points now. Right. They don't care truly that much about teams in, in, in regards in the inner in the interplay that is. But when it comes down to are you making points for my fantasy football team? Right. Yes. Are we scoring enough points? The odds over. The over and odds numbers. Yeah. Are we going to get 55 points? Are they going to add up to 55 or, or are they going to get under 55? Yeah, yeah. It's the betting game. True. So it's really not about the game no longer. You're right. It's about appeasing the needs and the wants of the fan base. Emmett, why do you think people buy the NFL package? If I'm New York and I watch the Giants at 1 o'clock, why do I care so much about the Chargers and Broncos at 4 o'clock? Because of the points that exactly. I got a player on that team exactly. that's, that's on my fantasy football league that I'm leading right now, and I want to know if he's doing well. When you played, I knew every defensive middle linebacker. I knew every safety. I guarantee you the I kids today. I bet you could tell me everybody that's on your fantasy football team and what team they play for. Right. Right, exactly. But they don't even know defensive players anymore. No, no, Unless no, you no. have a team defense. I mean, come on. Lawrence Taylor. My boy is my boy, LT. He talked to you a couple of times. Right. I mean, I don't know if he'd be much appreciated today as he was back when you played football. Unless he got a ton of sacks. Right. They're going to still appreciate LT. <laughs> right. Right. So right. the question is, who's your special teams guy? 
Yeah. And what team is he on? Yeah. So I can tell you all the special teams guys now. Oh, you can? No, I can't. But somebody else in fantasy football can. I, because your team. See, when I was growing up, I knew the guys. Like, I knew Billy White Shoes, Johnson, Johnson, Walter Payton, Eddie Payton. He was yeah. a good kicker, yeah. returner. Yeah. Uh, I knew all those. Devin Hester. Yeah. Those guys I knew. Now I just know Kansas City or the team has a good special. Does that make sense? Yes. It's yes. odd. It's, it's not the same. It's not the same because of the game has shifted over to a piece the the fan and the fantasy football lovers and the odds makers when yeah. they come down to bed. Yeah. And by the way, Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott, just so you know. Oh, just so I know? Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> just so I know. <laughs> this, but everybody in Dallas knows that, right? I mean, well, I, know, I know Zeke got the big money, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Money has clouded the judgment of a lot of people and how they value people, too. Um, it's easier to sit up and say, yeah, Tony Pollard is the, is the better running back because he had made the most explosive plays. But when it comes down to taking the punishment that Zeke has taken, he has taken a lot of the punishment that Tony Pollard may not be able to take. And so play calling for Tony Pollard may be a little bit different uh, than it is for Zeke. That's cool. Right, um, right. So there's a lot of nuances within the game that's not observed. And so the reason why Tony Pollard looks good, because he is good. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He's very good. And he's making a lot of explosive plays, which goes right to – Fantasy football. Right, you're right, you're Therefore, right. Therefore, you yeah. love him because it's, he's getting my points. That's true. You're now, right. the Cowboys have both guys. So when it comes down to getting tough yardage, Zeke is in there. If I want to get tough yardage and disguise it, I'm putting Tony Pollard in and I'm going to give you a pass information and I'm letting Tony Pollard do what he does. That's why you're great. You see, you talk to a guy that actually did this for a living and he could, he could explain all that, which most guys like me, we just don't know. We're just lay people. Well, you're looking at it and saying, okay, he's, look at this. This guy averaging over Six five. yards a carry. That's what you go to. Six yeah. yards a carry. You yeah. go to Zeke, who's averaging what? 3.4. <laughs> you know? A lot of his stuff may be in short yardage situations, yeah. which yeah. brings down his average. Yeah. He's only getting like 16 carries. I know. Unlike you guys, you had a chance, your 30th carry to break. I mean, Barry Sanders would go minus three, minus six, minus four, fifty. Exactly. You know, exactly. Seven yards a carry. All right, now, you spent the last two years in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We're going to play Super Bowl 57 in a month in Arizona. By the way, your last year was great. You had like 950 yards and nine touchdowns. I'm not sure why you retired, but you were still a really good running back. Super Bowls in Arizona. You played there your last two years. Right. How good? How good? Is it right up there with Miami, with um, New Orleans? In terms With of a Super place Bowl? to play the Super Bowl party, the whole thing. You know, no, not much going to compare to Miami. Nothing, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did a bunch down there, yeah. I mean, but the facility-wise and the, and the location, I think, uh, is great. Uh, I think Scottsdale is a fun place to be at. It is. You have Old Town Scottsdale, and you also have downtown Phoenix, and now you have Glendale. There's, there's a lot that's happening around the stadium. So, but it's so spread out, too, to get to Glendale from Scottsdale is going to take you 30, 35 minutes or so. But the interstate system is there and supports all of that activity. But here's the thing about the Super Bowl this year. You also have the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is going to house about 200,000 people. How are they going to do that, Emmett? And they're there not only for the golf tournament, but people are going to hang over for the football game. Right. So... It's going to be a crowd of people. It should be a fun time. It'll be great. should be an exciting time, but it's not Miami. No, it ain't. I know, because I lived in Boca Raton for 16 years. And Miami is so congested that it doesn't make moving around that optimal for everybody. No, not South Beach, but if you could take events to Fort Lauderdale yeah, and yeah. Coconut, you know, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. You can right. go to other places like right. that. Exactly. But it's going to take you 35, 45 oh, minutes yeah. to get to those places. Oh, yeah. So 
convenience and and locale is important. What I love about Dallas, a Super Bowl been in Dallas, everybody can get there from anywhere in the country and anywhere in the world. I mean, and Dallas is big enough, and the infrastructure is supportive I mean, enough. The last Super Bowl. That was the last. That I went to in Dallas. That was, it was the Ice Bowl. 90 below zero. Yeah. Green Bay, Pittsburgh. And it was so bad that you couldn't get around. I actually went that to was, a place in Fort Worth. Then. That was then. That was bad. <laughs> that was then. That was before climate change. <laughs> I had a great time, though, at that Super Bowl. It was freezing and bad, but I went to Fort Worth. I yeah. went to Dallas. Yep. And you had uh, Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers. It yep. was a great week. It was, it was a great and week. Dallas is a great – we'll wrap this up here. But Dallas is a great football city because, as you said, you're a Florida kid. And Troy came from where he came from. And Michael's a Miami kid. Everybody stays. Yes. Nobody leaves Dallas. Why? You got beautiful blonde women. You got great steakhouses. Maybe not for you, but the best strip joints in the country. Decent weather. Why would you leave Dallas? And you got the Cowboys. And you have the Cowboys. You also have the Mavs. You also have the the Rangers. And you have also the Women's uh, Basketball League over there. Then you also have the XFL League over there is growing. And then you also have hockey. Stars are good, yeah. Then you got soccer, too, as well. Yeah, you got it all. I mean, Dallas is a fun, fun town. Yeah, you like New York? I love New York. You do, okay. I love visiting New York. You wouldn't want to live here. I wouldn't want to live here in New York, but I love visiting New York. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, congratulations uh, on the bounty stuff. I always love seeing you. Thank you. And uh, you're a great ambassador for the game because not only were you the best running back of all time, but you're smart and you're cute. You look like a million bucks. You're 53. (laughs) You look great. And uh, it's good to see you. Enjoy. Likewise. Remember this. You cannot have football without wings, and you cannot have wings without bounty. Yeah, there it is, folks. There he is, the great number 22, the greatest running back in the history of the game, and a great guy as well, Emmett Smith. More of Sid and Friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, right after these words. When you wake up in the morning and the light is hurt your head, the first thing you do when you get up out of bed Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. I'm the man. That was fun, Emmett Smith. We've had a great show today. I mean, really great from Joe Tacopina, his two-day visit to Mar-a-Lago. Obviously, he's been integral in setting up the president's visit with me coming up the end of next week on this program. Uh, and obviously, Rudy Giuliani was great. And Rudy, I said to Rudy, I said, you know, uh, your son is stopping by this morning. I spoke to Andrew yesterday. And it looks like me and Andrew are going to watch the Giant game together on Sunday. Rudy's a big Giant fan, too. And Rudy said... Well, am I invited? Can I come? And I guess I have to ask you, Andrew. You made the plans. Is your dad invited? I'll have to consider it. I don't know. We'll have to think about this. Of course he's invited. You know, he's invited. Lou, by the way, you're invited, too. I, I wouldn't invite Alec though. Alec is an Eagles fan. No good. And, and I can't watch football with an Eagles fan. Uh, it's oh terrible. God, no. But, yeah. No. No, no matter how nice they are, it doesn't matter. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. I had a college roommate. Big Eagles fan, right? The nicest guy. He's a big tipper. He's very nice. You go before the game. You want a beer? Oh, thanks. So nice. He's buying a beer. You want wings? He ends up getting six different types of wings. 
Then immediately the coin toss happens. That's the worst call in the history of football. It was the co- coin toss, Tony. Relax. No, they're the worst. I mean, again, at the sake of repetition, in the old stadium, veteran yeah. stadium, uh, the 700 section was 10 times worse than the blue seats yep. at Madison Square Garden. And they had a jail a legitimate jail. With a judge, I think, right? Yes. That actually would go through the process. And it right wasn't there. like Judge Wapner. It was yeah. a real judge. Do you think that judge actually went on duty before or after they booed Santa Claus? <laughs> you think, when do you think that actually happened? And Phil, I don't know. Should I invite They also Phil? booed I... a, a uh, Michael Irvin yeah. laying motionless on the turf. Yeah. They were concerned he may be paralyzed, and the Eagles fans started to applaud. Yeah, Eagles fans are brutal. The worst. They blew Mike Schmidt. They're the worst. And I'll tell you what, I know a lot of Philly guys that are great as soon as they leave the stadium. Well, not really as soon as they leave the stadium. Once they sober up. But once they they're great. But I'll tell you what, when you get in the stadium with them, oh, my goodness. What about Phil, though? I don't know. If we were going to a third-party establishment, not maybe my home, I I would feel comfortable inviting Phil. But Phil has like this... Serial killer vibe to me that I would want him to know really where where I live and all that. That's so I like thing. Phil, but that, you know, that and they better have the Oklahoma game on basketball. Uh, one of the screens. Yeah, exactly. He he's actually he's That's going insane. Sunday. He can't come to your house. Yeah, because he's going oh, Sunday. Lou, to your point, to see the Nets play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh my God! On this weekend, Sunday during at a- Barclays during the Giant game. Wow. He can have his pick of seats, probably. Uh, then. I'm good. telling you, man. Did Kyrie give you the tickets, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. was? Yeah. Jonan checks in. He's a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. He also is wishing Lisa, the owner of Bomonti's Restaurant, Vinny Viola's favorite place. He's taking me there. Lisa, a happy birthday. So happy birthday to Lisa from Bomonti. So, um... You like the Giants? I love the you Giants. You think they're going to win this weekend? I, I love the way that they're playing. They're playing their best football over the last four or five weeks of the season. And look, they're, they're a limited talent roster. We know that. But they are gelling so well, and Dable has them playing. When you just think about the last few games, the game they played against Minnesota that was so close, they lost on a 61-yard field goal. I love the fact that they get them again. How close they played Philly with their backups there, and Philly needing to win that football game to get the bye. And obviously the great game against the Colts when they needed to do that, obviously we know the Colts are no good, and the game against Washington four weeks ago that really, I think, probably rewrited the season after that lull. Uh, I just love the way that they're playing. It's just so nice to actually be talking about playoff football. It's actually nice that the Giants have been relevant after Halloween. I feel like every single year by Halloween, the Giants are not relevant anymore except for what pick they're going to have in the draft. Right, then so, that's, that's, that's the truth. That's what they've been. Yeah, I, I think they have a great shot, and I love the way that Daniel Jones is playing. I saw some stat that he's actually the highest-ranked quarterback over the last four weeks of the season, maybe in QBR, whatever the stat is. Yeah. Uh, I just I like the way that they're playing right now. I'm not saying that it's it's a lock, but I, I really like the upset here. I oh, like so the upset. I. Well, they got the right matchup. Yeah. If they're playing San Francisco this weekend. That'd be tough. San right. Francisco looks like they're firing right. on all yeah. cylinders yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, it, it'd be a tough one. So I, I like the fact they're coming in playing there, and, and I hope we get a rematch against Philly next week. Do you have any do. documents at your house that uh, – um, we need to know about any boxes. Well, or, uh... Joe did send me a few boxes when, <laughs> when he left the vice presidency, but I, I probably like, should and, mention I, I, that I on, like on air. Anybody who knows these guys has boxes somewhere. <laughs> I, I don't know, but but what is your take on the whole Joe Biden thing? I, I do have the boxes from the Super Bowl uh, picks, right? <laughs> got I got a few too. boxes. I bought a yeah, few of those. I, I did yeah. also. You did. There you go. So those, grill, my buddy those, John. There yeah, you go. Those yeah. boxes I do have. Yeah. <laughs> but these boxes that they are finding now all over the place yeah. for Joe Biden. Your dad was just on Joe Tacopina as well. We all agree, yeah. at the end of the day, not going to be a big issue right. for Biden or Trump. Yeah. Or Trump, 
But it is the news of the day. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's just, again, another example of how the leftist media has treated a scenario that I would say is similar. But probably, if anything, it's a little bit different just in the sense that Trump could declassify the information. Biden, as vice president, did not have that authority. So when Trump, obviously, when they go and raid Mar-a-Lago, it is uh, a five-alarm fire. Uh, But with Biden, don't look here. Don't worry about it. This is why it's different. And the media basically is playing comms director for the Biden White House instead of actually asking them the tough questions on this or actually pushing for an answer. Uh, So I think more than anything, it shows the hypocrisy that we continue to see. I I look at it with the Santos situation, certainly not to condone anything that Santos did. I think what he did was disgusting. But where are the questions about Elon Omar, about Elizabeth Warren, about Dick Blumenthal, about Joe Biden, about all these liars that have continually been reelected time and time again? The media wants to focus on the guy with the R in front of their name and just ignore the person with the D in front of their name. That is completely fair. With you, I asked this question of Bruce Blakeman Mm -hmm. earlier this morning, the Nassau County Executive, yep. were you a little disappointed that Kevin McCarthy, at least for now, for now, is giving George Santos the benefit of the doubt? It's politics, right? It's politics. Uh, I think uh, in the same way that Pelosi gave Elon Omar the benefit of the doubt, the same thing that's happening. Um, but I do understand why the Nassau County GOP is pushing so hard to have Santos uh, actually resign his seat. He's going to have, we all know, he's going to have really big problems if he can't actually show where that $700,000 that he ended up donating to himself ended up coming from. So from the political, the political fallout is really bad right now. The legal fallout is going to be about a thousand times worse. Let me ask you about the city budget. The yeah. mayor, Eric Adams, came out yesterday. And more than like, the state of Florida, I think, uh, right? It is. $103 billion. I think that's more, more than the state than of Florida. Florida yes. Yeah. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's another one of the reasons why so many people are leaving New York City and New York State for places like Florida, like Texas, and like Tennessee. Uh, We need to figure out a way to actually become more efficient in this city and in this state. If anybody listened to Hochul's State of the State speech, which this year I I did not listen to the whole speech, thankfully. It's because I lost too many brain cells last year listening to the State of the State speech multiple times in trying to make sure that I knew what the hell she was saying because we know she's not exactly the sharpest tool in the box. No. Um, I think we need to become more efficient with our government tax dollars. And a $103 billion budget doesn't tell me that we're becoming more efficient with this. And I think, unfortunately, you're going to see more and more New Yorkers, especially if you can't get crime under control. Crime going up 25% last year does not help this. I think New Yorkers will pay a bit more of a premium if they feel safe and if they feel like there's opportunity here in the city of New York. But if not, I, they'll leave. Exactly. And that's going to be UZ and Grace. Well, you know. You're already looking for apartments in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> as we speak. I mean, you're already halfway she, gone. She wants to go more west in Florida. Not like to Naples, but, you know, like Tampa? 441 West. No, no. Where, where you get like the horse farm over there. Oh, 441, like a little yeah. bit more room. There's no Jewish You know, living in the though. box it's right all, there. It's all going right well, there. Well, that's, right that's why we're trying to make sure that we get close with our uh, Rosenberg <laughs> right, friends. Exactly. Because then that way we have our, our token friend that oh, can come down there. Oh, you can go to like Davy. Davy is all the way west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's nice. what I mean. Yeah. Close to Fort that's Lauderdale. I mean. Yes. Yeah, very exactly. nice. It's nice down there. They still have Confederate flags on their trucks. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking about Florida, your boss, yep. your former boss, Donald Trump, he, um, he'll be on this show either Thursday or Friday. I love that. I love it, too. But he was on with Mark Levin last night. Mm-hmm. He's been very quiet. That's not an accident. Mm-hmm. You know that. December was a brutal month for Trump. Yep. Brutal. Yep. And I think his folks now would like him to kind of sit back just a little. Mm-hmm. But he was on with Levin last night making some very, very accurate and fair points mm-hmm. about Joe Biden. What do you think about Trump now moving forward? I am very interested to see what the next year looks like. We're still 
a year out from the Iowa caucuses. Uh, and depending on who gets in this race, what it looks like, I, I told you, one of the things, and DeSantis is obviously polling very well now against Trump, but I think the biggest difference between Trump and DeSantis is Trump is charming unlike anybody who's ever entered political office. And much more charming than DeSantis. I mean, for Absolutely. all of Ron DeSantis's policies, and, which if you're going to be honest about it, he stole from Trump, he's got very little charisma, very that, little. You, you can see it, and it's, it's, I've, I've been in the room with him right when he was elected governor, one time during a fundraiser in 2020, and then recently when he came out with, uh, for the Zeldin speech. Um, it's, he can lose a crowd sometimes. I think though, what his case is probably going to be is say, here's the case study. It's so good in Florida. I'm slapping the book down right here. This is what I'm going to do to the country. And I'll tell you what, there are a whole lot of people that are saying this is, this is really, really good. And you do that in the third largest state in the country where more and more people from not just New Yorkers, people from Illinois, all around the country are going. He's making a really strong case. So I really can't wait to see the two of them. In a potential debate. Can you imagine that? What a heavyweight fight that would be. You look uh, very presidential today. Well, thank you very much. Yo, are those, wait a second, are yeah. those White House cufflinks? These are White House cufflinks. Where'd you get those from? fact, right here. There's a guy that I know you might be interviewing next week. <laughs> Ask him about him. He loves these I cufflinks. had one pair of cufflinks. It wasn't from Joe Biden. I'll it was not that. Joe it Biden. It was not Joe Biden. Not yours or yeah. mine. Nope. But uh, back in 2004, do you remember this? They had the Republican National Convention here in New York. Bush, yep. uh, Bush. Yep. And uh, the father of Bush 41 came to visit me and uh, the Imus show. Imus is in New Mexico. Right. At our studios in Astoria, Queens. And President Bush 41 showed up with two pairs of presidential couplings, one for me, one for Bernie. And uh, uh, you would know, of course, that I took it with me to Atlanta like two months later, and I lost oh, it no. at the Super Bowl, I swear to God. But I had a pair of green presidential couplings, and I thought I was the man. I have a, I have a feeling Trump might actually try to make sure you get your second pair you think so? of presidential well, couplings. Let me see yours. I think well, so. What color are those? Let's throw them right over here. Let me see They're that. red, white, look, and blue. What, great, do you, what do you expect? Well, yeah, Bush's was green. They're green? Yeah, there we go. Oh, these We're are handing really them off over beautiful. here. It is nice. Well, it? losing them is better than the other story I heard that you pawned them in one of the Midtown. Well, that's what my wife says. Okay. I lost a uh, Slew was spreading watch. that rumor, actually. Yeah. 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 was spreading that rumor. I was, I, I was at a bar with, with, um, with a whole bunch of football players at the Super Bowl, ran out of money, and actually pawned my couplings. These are beautiful, Andrew. Yeah, these are very nice. They're, they're nice. They try. You, know? you look great. You look great today. And it's good to see you. So give me, score, right give me the final score of the Giant game. Give me the final score. Let's go 21-17, just like the final score. of I think that was the final score of Super Bowl 42, wasn't that the final yeah, score? 21-17, right? was the, that 21? Yeah. No, they, they kicked a field goal, and so was it 24 Whatever the final score of Super Bowl 42, that's, that's going to be. The that's Plaxico it. Burris That's game. it. The press, Plaxico Burris When he caught the exactly. touchdown, yes. right. And they were undefeated. I think, the, the I think it is the Tyree game. You know, boom. Yes, The Tyree yes. game. That was exactly yes. the same game. Yes. yes. Well, great to see you, and uh, uh, happy new year. You. Happy new year, And I look forward to spending a lot of time with you in 2023 on this program. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see you later on this afternoon, and thank you. Thank you very much, Sid, Lou, Phil. Less thanks to you, but everybody else. <laughs> He knows he knows the deal, Andrew Giuliani. He knows the deal. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's take. Sid's take. Sid's take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Sid's take. Here we go. Football Friday coming at you. Live from the Bernard Nugger Studios here. Yeah, we are. Hey, now, Third Avenue. Uh, <laughs> WABC. Someone's awake. Any more uh, details I need to give out here? Oh, uh, what my, my, your underwear? my name, black today, if I'm wearing any, but we'll keep that a secret. 
My name is Justin Alec. I'm your host for the game. Lenny, he's out in Fort Lauderdale. I'm sure he's happy with all that information we just gave him. What's going on, Leonard? Hey, what do you say, Justin? Uh, well, I say, I say that it's Friday. I say tomorrow's Saturday. Then the day after that is Sunday. And uh, we won't disclose what comes after that. Because it's, it's not sharp. good. Yeah, because it's Black not underwear, good. Black underwear, baby. <laughs> hey, now. I don't care which it says. Pretty sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks, Lenny. All right, Lenny, uh, today we got football Football Friday, okay? Uh, we're going to really focus on the wildcard teams in the playoffs this weekend. We'll give you five trivia questions. You'll have to give us the right answer, okay? Uh, give it a shot. All right. Here we go. You big football fan? Yeah, I love my sports. All right. Well, here we go. Who was the starting quarterback for the New York Giants the last time they made the playoffs? Uh, Collins. Oh. Oh. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Yeah, there you go. Oh. I rushed it. I it's rushed a shame you don't get a few opportunities because yeah, you got it wrong. You did rush oh, it. Away. There was five more minutes left in the game. I know, and we hate we hate uh, to, we hate to hit that sounder. It calls you all no. Lou gets immense joy from hitting it. I love the it. smile on his face is actually <laughs> creepy. Uh, all right, Lenny, let's make you into a winner here. Question number two: Where did Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning go to college? He went to Tennessee. Hey now, Lenny, you're the only ten I see. I can't see you. I'm, ass- I'm assuming you're a very handsome man. Oh, you're not funny. It's <laughs> just the, loot, the embarrassment. It's I mean, jeez. Here we go on to number three. One for two, Lenny. Yeah, no, Good I know. Believe so me. Far, we we grown a lot around Phil. It's, it's honestly very disappointing. <laughs> Here we go. Number three. What round was Tom Brady drafted in? Six rounds. Nice job, Lenny. <laughs> two for three, Lenny. On to number four. Stay hot. Emmett Smith famously won three Super Bowls and an MVP with the Dallas Cowboys, but less famously closed out the last two seasons of his career with which team? Arizona Cardinals. Very nice job, Lenny. Three for four. In an attempt to go four for five. Question number five, Lenny. This uh, question, written by the great Mike Didino, our sports guy. Brock Purdy of San Francisco and Skylar Thompson of Miami go into this weekend starting as rookies. Who is the last starting rookie quarterback to win a playoff game? Is it A, Derek Carr, B, Lamar Jackson, or C, Russell Wilson? Let's go with Lamar Jackson. Not a bad guess, Lenny. Correct answer there is C, Russell Wilson. Happened in 2013. Hey, 3 for 5 ain't bad, Lenny. 3 for 5 is not a bad score. Should have been 4 for 5. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. But hey, you know. Should have, could have, would have, didn't. Exactly. Should have, could have, would have, didn't. So he misses his answers, all right? Yeah, well, let's hope he's. Uh, <laughs> it won't take much, don't worry. Let's hope he's uh, a little airheady on a Friday. He's airheady uh, every day, right. but uh, he gets extra airheady on a Friday. Hey. Are we playing the game? What am I doing here? What uh, well, you have to answer Six. questions that I give you. How many did you get right this guy? Three. Oh, really? Okay. You need four to win today's game. All right. But being the sports guy you are, you should be able to figure this one out. Okay. Okay? Yep. Here we go. Number right. one. If you don't get this one, I, I don't know what to do with you. Who was the starting quarterback for the New York Giants the last time they made the playoffs? The last time they made the playoffs? The last time. Eli Manning. Yeah. They- oh! Somebody asked me, uh, Some one guy keeps asking me over and over again where that oi comes from. Oh, here comes the story. You've explained it a million well, times. I'm not going to. I'll be it, back. In know, when I was minutes. in Miami, this is, and, this is a seven-minute story, and we. Don't, I'll make it quick. Yeah, okay. Oh my God, Donald Trump's comms director just texted me. That's his comms director. Uh huh. Anyway, long story short, uh, Neil Rogers, one of the great, and I mean great, radio people ever, out of Miami, in the Stern and Imus class, is uh, the guy that used to play that on his show. Uh-huh. 
Hey, Sin, apologies for late response. I'm working okay. with the president's schedule. See this if is, Thursday you're works. You're saying this on the air? No, no. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Again. Okay. Are you ready for number two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you left yeah. your wallet Here we go. right next yeah. to... <laughs> yeah. And my social security number is... <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Number two. Where did Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning go to college? Tennessee. Yeah, very nice. He did not win a championship there, but the guy after him, T. Martin, won a national championship. There you go, Phil. Sid, Sid you're, you're the only good. 10 I see. Very good, Phil. That's gay. Oh. Yeah, maybe, but I we'll... like you though. So I, I would even do that once with you. I think one time. Oh, one. do what? Hold on. What? Question three. Come, hurry, go, go, go. <laughs> what round was Tom Brady drafted in? Seventh. No. Nope. Six, 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 oh, six, okay. six, wait, six. Wait, uh, what are we doing? Six. Wrong. Six. Wrong. Oh, it's oh, it's six. No, you didn't play that. No, we'll give it to him. Six. No, we're not. We'll give it to him. We'll no, to him. He, didn't, he didn't play the loser That's thing. True. I said six right away. That's no, true. but he said, no, you but said you six. six I make the rules. No, he said seven. Uh, no, Justin no, no. said no, and you said six. No, no one said no. Yeah, he did. Nobody uh, said no. Oh, my God. Am I playing Lenny the Chronic out of Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, I think so. I love Lenny Leader. I love him. I'm going to beat his ass yeah. now, but that was right. I got to write him three. No, good. Okay. Phil, Fine. don't We're say another nice word. Show. Oh. No. Emmett Smith famously won three Super Bowls and an MVP with the Dallas Cowboys, but less famously closed out the last two seasons of his career with which team? I tell you what, his last season, he had 937 yards and nine touchdowns. I could have played five more years. He played in the city where they're going to host Super Bowl 57 this year. Newark, New Jersey, baby. Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Well. Are you perfect right now? I am. Well, I think I just fought it. I can't tell if that's uh, okay. if I made a duty or if well, I fought it. I, I can tell you, uh, as a matter happened. of fact, you did. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Andy. Question number five. <laughs> oh, now we got to go. <laughs> Mike DiDino, the great Mike DiDino, wrote this question. Brock Purdy of San Francisco and Skylar Thompson of Miami go into this weekend starting as rookies. Who was the last starting rookie quarterback to win a playoff game? Is it A, Derek Carr, B, Lamar Jackson, or C, Russell Wilson? Lamar Jackson. Mm. It was Derek Carr, huh? No. No. Russell, Russell Wilson in he was 2013. Ten years. Wow. That's a, who wrote that? Mike Didino. Very good question. Very good. Now, where did Russell Wilson start his college career? Wisconsin. Where did he end up? Uh, Nebraska. NC State to Wisconsin. Be all over it. Oh. All right. So I won oh, four. I got the end right. And oh. the colors. I, I, I don't, I don't you know talk to the callers anymore. It's annoying. But I like Lenny. NC State. Let me talk to Lenny. Lenny, what's going on, pal? Sydney, what do you say? You doing good down there? What's, the weather, in, yeah. what's the weather in Florida today? Oh, it's gorgeous, man. It's yeah, gorgeous. I miss that. I need you down here. Hey, Sid, you got to tell that story about the uh, the janitor at the Super Bowl. That is uh, Leroy Covington, the greatest. That was, the, by the way, Lenny, that was the same Super Bowl that Emmett Smith told me to drink those hot toddies yes, in the Wallets. Yes, yes, that was a great That was a great one. Oh, that was me, Eric Lengel, Steve Zemak, we, Dr. Katz and Del Rey. We destroyed that city, that trip. You still get to keep the video, the, uh, the sound on that with the interview with that I guy? think I still have it, yes. And the song, uh-huh. we wrote a whole, Mark Eisenberg did a whole song and... It was a lot of fun. That trip was great. Leroy Covington. That was a good trip, man. Hey, it's good to talk you to go. you. You're feeling, you're feeling well. Hey, Everything's man. all right? Everything's good. We all yeah. miss you down here. Nah, not everybody. Oh, Remember, you had, three, you, you, had, you had three program directors down there. Every one of them found a way to make sure I left. And all of them right now should be embarrassed. They should be. Right? They should be. Yeah. I love you, pal. All right, brother. Take care. You too. Lenny Leader out of Fort Lauderdale. He was a contestant today. We'll come back and wrap things up. It's been a great week, boys. We'll close it up right after this. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. week of shows i'm not the type to pat myself in the back or ever can you get sid back in here then please? <laughs> it's not just me i've got a great team you guys were really great this week lou you're always amazing all the music and um the little back and forth and you're just great but you've been great for a long time well before i even was in this business you were great with legends so, me wait. telling you you're great doesn't mean much. I was waiting for you. You were? Yeah, of course. I said, somewhere he's out there. Wow, this is like very... Um... Frank Morano had a show about <laughs> <at> it. <laughs> Macedonia Phil, you're becoming a huge star, and deservedly so. You've got all the qualities of um, of a star. All just being a bad person? That's part of it, sure. Then I'm, I'm check that box. <laughs> Somebody said over. to me this week, they said, oh, that's Phil. They saw the video of my, my sister's cousin, whatever. And the Ranger jersey, they go, why is he always so miserable? And he said, don't you love it? They said, I love it. What's so, there to smile about, really? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing much to smile about. Not at all. You'll smile next week when Trump is on. Uh, Justin Ellick is always a tremendous job. Deb Valentine, the consummate professional. Great job, Deb. Noam Layden, we love you, too. We be done. Enjoy the NFL football this weekend. I'll do my sports podcast coming up after today's show. You can check that out. WABCRadio.com. We'll all be back, God willing, 6 a.m. Monday morning. It's a big week next week on this program. Let's go, Giants. From all of us to all of you, peace. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com